You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Matt Smith. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 136 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me in his conservatory studio this week again is my co-host Matt I'm Smith. I'm very excited. Two weeks in a row we've been to the conservatory. Really? I like this because it means I have time to play. Well, as, you normally as, have time. You normally appear, <laughs> appear at the kitchen studios nice and early as a rule. Yeah, I know, I know. But as I say, that, that's why uh, eagle-eyed viewers and or listeners may have noticed I got a little bit carried away during the week and uh, did a little uh, did a little uh, bit of a, a video thingy. That, yeah, you uh, did. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah, my yeah, green, with my new green screen, boys and girls. We were going to use it today, but unfortunately, because it's daytime here, it keeps changing the light, and so it's difficult to match the green up with the thing. So we were we were going to have like the cockpit of a TriStar something or other. Yeah, we were. What's that aircraft you get excited yeah. about? Yeah. The L1011, yeah. that's right, yes. So we were going to have one of those, but uh, unfortunately it kept sort of phasing in and out as every time the sun went in and out. Anyway, enough of me. This is, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode number 136. It is uh, 14.25 on Sunday morning. The clocks obviously went back first thing this morning. Uh, and uh, it gives me great pleasure, actually, to announce that, uh, or leave it to Carlos to announce, we have a marvellous guest. We do. We have a marvellous guest joining us on the show this week. He, uh, he's, he's been on the show before, but quite a long while ago now. Mm, far too long ago. He is uh, the host of, uh, well, a co-host on the host of the uh, Playing Crazy Down Under podcast. Which I noticed overnight released, have a, released yes. a new episode. Very excited Which we're very excited about. Very that, excited yes. about. So welcome on to the show, Grant McCarran. G'day, folks. How are we doing? Yay! Um, yeah. <laughs> this has been, it's been it's far uh, too long. It's been far too long. I know. It has been, it has been, and, and, and this must be super special because it's almost 1.30 a.m. here in Melbourne, Australia. <laughs> oh, no. I'm so and sorry. And I've got myself back out of bed to join you. Oh, you see, he's... <laughs> to what, did he say? So we're going we're gonna to make this one <laughs> a, a four-hour show this week, Yeah, Matt. absolutely, I think so. Yeah, I, th- I, don't, I think two yeah. and a half hours... <laughs> 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 two and a half hours last week perhaps. just wasn't enough. But we're not going to talk about last week, because I'm, I'm I still haven't got over it. So <laughs> perhaps, perhaps Grant has got Steve hidden away, and they're going to kind of like, uh, like a relay race halfway through the show. Oh, well, I Grant's hope not. Grant's going to go, and then Steve will take over. <laughs> oh, I genuinely I've been hope. looking for him online, but he's not, he's not showing. I think he's done the sanity thing and gone to bed. Well, that's oh. boring. Why, why, why would you want to do that? Uh oh! I know it's in the chat. We've just been joined by last week's special guest, the legend that is Jeff. <laughs> we have Jeff. <laughs> yes, yes, the legend that is Jeff, C- Captain Jeff, who probably also is. hasn't got over last week either. Uh, I think it's safe to be said has uh, has <laughs> also joined us in the chat room. So hello, Captain hello, Jeff. Hello, Captain Jeff. Yeah, and hello to everyone <laughs> in the chat room. We've got loads and loads of people in the chat room this week, mm-hmm. as always. Loads of our amazing listeners in Indeed. the chat room. Yeah. So welcome to everyone in there. Uh, who has joined us on this um, well Sunday afternoon for us? Yes, indeed. Yeah. We've just had a, we've just had a morning, yeah. we have just had a really awesome roast dinner actually cooked yes. by um, yes. by Mother Smith. Yeah, Mother Smith has done me proud. Done a really usual. nice roast dinner. Yeah, it was and like the best crackling I think yeah. I've had. In oh, about two crackling, hours, pork crackling. Yeah. Oh I, my word! I'm so full, I feel ill. That's how full mm. I am, right? <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, enough of this because uh, it is Sunday <laughs> afternoon. We've had our lunch. Yeah. Some of you may not only just now be breakfast. sitting down to have yours. Absolutely, yeah. some some, some breakfast. have breakfast. Yeah, mm. well, some some. I, I don't know what I don't know what you're eating. To be fair, Grant. Grant's going for kebab. Nondescript time of evening, stroke morning, where you are. <laughs> I'm actually having a glass of water. Oh, I'm uh, hold that. But for dinner earlier, we had some amazing Mexican uh, meat stew kind of thing. We um, oh. put together. She she does a stew or something like that every week, 
that we can have for our lunches and occasional evenings. And we were both pretty tired after a big <laughs> night on Saturday. So we just threw some of that on nachos with cheese and a few other guacamole and things like that. And yeah, that was dinner. So getting up at one o'clock in the morning then has really gone down well for you, I, I dare say. <laughs> oh, mate. It's, well, I've been, I spent all last week ballooning. So but, actually, I was going to say, in the morning, yeah. how, how the, uh, how's the ballooning going, Grant? Uh, it was fantastic. I hadn't flown for a while, and we had the uh, Hunter Valley Balloon Aloft Fiesta up at um, up, uh, near Newcastle, north of Sydney. Uh, Hunter Valley is a beautiful wine-growing area in the southern part. Up the northern part, it's open strip mines, but you stay down the south, it's a lot nicer. And um, down near Cessnock. And so, yeah, we were up and having a blast. There was up to about uh, 25 balloons in the sky on Sunday. Um, Saturday wasn't real good, but uh, we went up and I flew Friday, Monday, Tuesday and had some beautiful flights. Well, that sounds nice. So, so I, I'm yeah, guessing, it was, guessing it's a bit cooler your, uh, your side of the uh, globe at the moment, though, Grant. Oh, it's around 25 degrees and, mm. uh, during the day, and um, I am seeing things on the screen of what Matt's doing at the moment. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, yeah, oh, okay, Matt, that's very distracting. Um, <laughs> it is, it <laughs> yeah, it's Myla's fault. Myla said, will you wear the hat that's that's on 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 top of the lampshade behind you? So that's exactly what I'm doing. I don't care. I have my, my no rep- morals. <laughs> my <laughs> reputation went out the window with last week's show. So it's just I like thought that, that was the lampshade. Hey, look, there's no need for that. Who's that in the chat room just appeared? Matt? Matt something. Matthias Haney. I think we've had. Oh, I think we've had Matthew, Mateus, Mateus. Mateus. Is it Mateus? Yeah. Oh, okay. In, I think we've had him in the chat room before. Okay, so, good, yes. good. Anyway, Welcome to um, you. We uh, better, yes. Well, we better start things off, really, beans. We're um, thirty-six minutes behind time as usual. What's the matter with you, honestly? What's the fun? Where's the point why do we starting wanna, on time? Why do we want to start on time? That'd Where's the terrible. fun in that? Absolutely. I'm so sorry. Dinner is yeah. repeating with me terribly, so this could be quite a quite a challenging show, boys and girls. Another uh, on time arrival. Don't stop it. Yeah, by by Ryanair. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, so before we get into episode 136, uh, good and proper, we have a little bit of housekeeping yes. to do. Indeed, he says. <laughs> there it is, I found it. The old great fun. There we the go. Old, I, moved all this, I moved everything around, everyone, and I can't <laughs> find anything, which is, um, which is not helpful. Um, so uh, um, I'm going to press that. No, I'm not. I'm going to press. Oh, dear. This is going really well, isn't there it? There we go. <laughs> we got there in the end. Well done. So, yes. <laughs> <clears throat> so yes. it is the time then of yes. the show where we thank uh, our latest Patreons, our latest donators to the show. Uh, so a big, uh, huge thank you to uh, two new Patreons this week. Uh, Stuart Black uh, has uh, become a Patreon to the yes, show. Yes, absolutely. And also Jeff Ward. So a massive thank you to both you guys uh, for coming, uh, becoming part of our Patreon uh, kind of crew. Uh, the obviously the uh, donations, as everyone knows, it all goes to. I'm just buzzing a fly. There's a fly buzzing around here. <laughs> um, the Patreon donations go towards the uh, hosting and server fees, all our Libsyn fees for the show, and uh, all the equipment costs and the general running of mm, the podcast. Very much so, yeah, absolutely. Um, and hopefully we're uh, we've got a few uh, interesting things in the pipeline for next year. Indeed. Um, in regards to air shows, which will be quite good as looking, well. Looking forward so. to getting the old satellite out and giving it yeah, a real yeah. good road test. Yeah. Next year, I really am. But no, so uh, thank you to all our patrons uh, and our new patron donators to the show. Don't forget, if you want to ton- uh, donate to the show, you can go to our website at uh, plaintalkinguk.com and you'll find the links on there to uh, donate to the show. But mm. of course, as we say, if you're flying, learning to fly, yeah. or you're going on holiday somewhere like Barbados on holiday, mm. or you want to buy your uh, buy your brother or sister or your mum and dad or your auntie and uncle a present. 
then uh, make sure you do. That's got to come first. Absolutely. That's got to come yes, first. Yes, yes, yes. The show will always be free, boys and girls. Oh, uh, but if you, want to, uh, if you want to contribute, we're not going to stop you. We will be eternally grateful. So um, I think it's time now to get into the nitty-gritty of 136. What do you reckon? Oh, dear, let's give it a go, shall Splendid. we? Splendid. Are you ready over there in, in um, I want to say Aussie land, but that sounds really derogatory. <laughs> so we're going to start the show then, as we do each week with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt. I was, um, I, I want to say born ready, but um, born ready. Yeah, I'm really not, yeah. And if you're it's ready, Mr. Grant. Last week. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to see what we can do. That uh, 60s lounge music really got me uh, fired up. I'm <laughs> got you settled, settled in for a pipe and slippers. Get let's go then. Let's go. So, kicking off this week's first news story on Honestly, the... you two are like naughty boys I know, and schoolboys, you two, honestly. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the things that go on when these cameras aren't on, boys and girls. I know, I was scratching my nose and everything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Anyway. So, yeah, we've got... Uh, that the first story is on the Reuters.com website, mm. and uh, it's one of the uh, news stories that Matt uh, gave us a little hint about on the uh, his little promo we done um, <laughs> yesterday. And uh, the headline, UPS CEO says 5.3 billion order, a billion dollar order for Boeing 747 freighters reflects demand. So the United Parcel Services Incorporated, UPS, said on Thursday it's ordered uh, 14 Boeing 747-8 cargo jets, a deal worth $5.3 billion at list prices. That potentially breathes new life into an aircraft Boeing had warned it might cancel. UPS order, which includes options for 14 more of the humpback planes, reflects growing demand for freight the companies and seeing for air cargo over the years of anemic growth, Chief Executive Officer David Abney said in an interview. We have the demand and the uh, either aircraft will allow us to handle the demand on a very scheduled basis, he said. UPS reported third quarter results. The uh, purchase adds significantly to Boeing's order book at a time when its uh, in arrival Airbus have struggled to sell wide-bodied aircraft. The slow sales of the 747-8, the latest version of the four-engine plane that first flew in 1969, prompted Boeing to recently cut production to a six a year and to warn in July it might stop making the plane altogether. Similar-sized two-engine planes that are more fuel efficient have largely eclipsed the 747's passenger mission. Sales have also slowed for Airbus's large four-engine A380 passenger jet. But the 747-8 freighter's specially hinged nose gives it a unique ability to carry large cargo. Boeing has said it expects 747 demand to recover when the air cargo traffic growth resumes and when uh, we wave uh, the older uh, 747s are retired uh, around the beginning of 2019. On Wednesday, Boeing predicted a 4.2% annual growth in air cargo traffic over the next 20 years, driven by largely e-commerce traffic and express delivery in China. Markets linked to Asia will uh, lead to all other international markets and the average air cargo growth. And Boeing has said citing needed by 2013 for 550 large uh, 747-sized freighters. UPS plans to use its 747-8s on important trunk routes connecting Europe to Asia and Asia to the US. 
Uh, it will use the older 747s and other planes uh, now flown on these routes to replace smaller planes on other routes, adding capacity. And, uh, well, the story goes on, but we get the gist there that uh, it's good news for Boeing because we did read, we've had it on news mm. in the past that... Um, well, and you're quite sad about yeah. the 747 being yeah, sort of phased I think out. It, I think yeah, it's, I think it's sad news. You know, it's an awesome aircraft. Uh, yeah. I'm glad I had the chance to fly on one in February. That's all I can say. Mm. But uh, have you have you uh, travelled on the, uh, the behemoth that is the uh, Queen of the Skies, Grant? Uh, yeah, quite a number of times, including the 747SP, the pocket rocket, um, which was the, uh, the like 100 series with a cut-down fuselage, mm. uh, very handy for getting into space-constrained airports. Um, also climbed like a homesick angel because it had that big wing. <laughs> but, uh, I, I like how they said it's a deal worth 5.3 billion at list prices, mm -hmm. and I don't remember if uh, I don't know if you folks remember a study done a while ago which sort of indicated that. Uh, uh, most, especially large aircraft deals, um, you know, large numbers and so on, you're typically paying half the list price as the average. So when they say 5.3 billion, you're probably finding that UPS <laughs> got about two and a half at most. I don't yeah. think anybody pays yeah. list price, do they, for an aircraft? I think that's the whole point, oh, isn't no. it? You buy, know. buy one, get yeah. one free. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> well, it is a 747-8. They're trying to keep the line open long enough to be able to do the... Uh, presidential aircraft when they finally get that oh, signed. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're going to have the uh, Air Force One is going to be the uh, the the, um, the new 747-8. Dash Yeah. Quite cool. To see yeah, that. That, I believe some of the problems that the Dash 8 was having were related to the wings and, and things like that. It wasn't quite... Was it the uh, flutter that they had the issue with? Was it the flutter? Um, yeah, there was, there was a bit of flutter on the tailplane, I believe, mm. and and also the, um, the just the performance wasn't quite up to book value. But, yeah, that hinge nose is great for freight. Um, I think we're going to see – I think we're going to see that uh, as slot-constrained airports, you know, start to become the norm in various parts of the world, uh, large parts of Asia and, and so on are starting to hit the point where they just physically cannot take any more aircraft, um, then they're going to have to start introducing slots and constraints, and that's where the only way to get more passengers through is to increase the number of bums on seats in those aircraft <laughs> or freight per landing. And that means upgrading to bigger aircraft. And yeah, while the triple seven three hundreds and things like that are pretty good, uh, there there is a bit of a, a market for A three eighties. I think will possibly come in the future seven four sevens, that kind of thing. But I guess we'll see if they can hold out that long. Actually, Micah is saying actually that uh, paying f paying full price or list price in his family is actually a sin. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Have you uh, have you had the chance uh, to fly on the three eighty yet, then, Grant? No, unfortunately, that I haven't had a chance to fly on. Uh, Steve's been on it to the US. I, I've done the 747 and, and 777s and so on, mm. but uh, never an A380, unfortunately, which is a shame because I hear it's a, a bit of a quiet ride and reasonable comfort so long as they're doing the 10 abreast seating and economy, mm. not the 11 across. Um, I hope you're narrow and using a blender to get into your seat. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. I, 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 I thoroughly enjoyed my flight with Qantas on the yeah. 380. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, yeah, uh, Jen Niffer saying she actually she absolutely adores the seven four seven dash eight. Several of them land at her at the uh, the cargo airport where she works. Mm. Um, again, sort of very quiet aircraft, isn't it? But considering yeah. that this is still a four engine beast and that it's uh, it's surprising. The best, the best thing about the Qantas uh, three eighty was the, the cookie the cookie bag bar at the back <laughs> of the uh, cabin. I I did treat myself to that on many occasions during the flight home. And filled, yeah. and filled my hand luggage bag up with some <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, indeed. All you can eat, all you can eat, cookies, oh. cookies. 
<laughs> so moving on nice. to our yes. next story for uh, for Matt, this one. Yes, indeed. And, uh, oh, what a shock. And, uh, yeah, I mean, funnily enough, this week it is um, just for a change. It's nothing at the moment. Oh, no, no, there it's, we go. It's going to be a Ryanair story. Oh, is it? Right. So this is on the independent website. It says independent.co.uk. And the headline is Ryanair offers £9 rescue fares to passengers after Aer Lingus drops... Um, oh, sorry, I'm having we're having a couple of technical, minor technical issues here in the studio. Yeah. Uh, hang on a moment, sorry. We'll try that again. Ryanair offers nine pound rescue fares to passengers after Aer Lingus drops flights from Liverpool. The no frills airline sees off a challenge uh, from the Irish flag carrier. So Ryanair has infuriated its rival in Dublin, Aer Lingus, after offering rescue fares after the flag carrier decided to axe its link from Liverpool to the Irish capital. Now I've got real issue with this because it's like you, you, Ryanair I'm sorry shouldn't be tub thumping when they're now they're pulling they're pulling their flights from Stans to Derry so I'm sorry they can't You're go still got a sore, I have got a real well no that. that is the flight that is my <laughs> flight because it's only sort of 45 minutes away from where where auntie lives and it's very 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 convenient and of course it was nice and cheap with Ryanair it says I'll stop tub thumping you know and, and, and quiet so read the story Ryanair uh, Aer Lingus uh, launched the route last October in competition against Ryanair but the latter responded by cutting fares drastically with thousands of seats on offer as little uh, at as little as 9 pound each way less than th- oh so they haven't cancelled the flight then it's just that well Aer Lingus cancelled the flight so Ryanair have stepped in and yeah, but just, it says um, Aer Lingus uh, launched the route last October. Oh, I see. Right, shut, yeah. shut up, Smith. Uh, <laughs> uh, to offer it as little as £9 each way, less than the £13 air passenger duty the airline must hand over for each traveller. So they're actually running it at a massive loss, loss essentially. Yeah. So the flight is free. Uh, <laughs> how, very, how very generous of Mr. O'Reilly. Indeed, yes. I'm sure there was no financial reason behind that whatsoever. The Irish flag carrier will offer refunds to book passengers, and Ryanair is offering a flat fare of 9 £9.99 <laughs> to all those with a cancelled Aer Lingus booking if they buy before the 3rd of November. The airline spokesman Robin Keeley said customers should book quickly as just like Aer Lingus service, they'll be gone soon. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's, a, that's a bit sort of like Saucer of Milk Table 5, that one, isn't it? Yes. So, the, uh, I, mean, I mean, Ryanair were looking at, at buying. I think they were looking at buying uh, uh, Aer Lingus not so long ago. Really? Yeah, okay. they were, but that all kind of got Dropped and, dropped and squashed and, right, and everything. Yeah. Okay, well, fair enough. Was that before or after they introduced the paper paper seat toilets? Well, <laughs> well the outside toilets, Grant. Ah, oh, you got to love my. Oh, yeah, the yeah. ones on the wing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no. Right. Okay. The, the extra yes. the extra legroom seats. Um, they're they're the ones right at the back because there's no more seats. That's just the two seats at the back and uh, loads of legroom all the way across the. Lots plane. of legroom when you're standing. Yes. Yeah, exactly. that, that's the yes. thing with Ryan here. Lots of. Lots of marketing, lots of lots of no publicity is bad publicity kind of statements. <laughs> but they, they do seem to have toned that down a little lately. So yeah, yes. What well, no, is there is they're always getting better programs. They are. Yes, yeah. Yeah, we actually have yes. got a good story about them coming up later as well. Have we? Let me yeah. guess. Have I got that one as You've well? You've got that one. Have well. I? Right? Yes. Oh no. <laughs> so the next story is uh, well, we've had we've had a very newsworthy uh, mm. week in the uh, have, news yes. so far. Uh, this uh, week. Not necessarily for good news. No. The first of those stories is all yours, Grant. Yes, this is from the BBC. Chicago O'Hare plane fire, American Airlines jet aborts takeoff. So going back to normal, um, an American Airlines plane has caught fire on the runway of Chicago's O'Hare airport while taking off. The Boeing 767 bound for Miami experienced an uncontained engine failure, (laughs) EU, officials involved in the investigation said. 
The pilot aborted the takeoff and evacuated everyone on board via emergency chutes as black smoke billowed from the plane. 20 people suffered minor injuries, the fire department said. As an aside, that's not uncommon when evacuating from a jet. Um, broken arms and, and legs and, and general abrasions and, and so on, sprains, not uncommon when going down the slides. Um, says here, nine crew members and 161 passengers were on board. Federal official quoted by the Associated Press News Agency said the plane appeared to have suffered a rare and serious type of engine failure in which parts break off and are spewed outside the engine. Yes, that is rather serious. Passengers <laughs> reported an explosion followed by flames and black smoke as the plane was speeding down the, wind, the runway. Uh, subtitle here, Windows Melting. Sarah Ahmed said everyone on the right side of the plane rushed from their seats and moved to the left side. That would have given some balance issues. People are yelling, <laughs> open the door, open the door. Everyone's screaming and jumping on top of each other to open the door. Within that time, I think it was seven seconds, there was smoke in the plane and the fire is right up against the windows and it's melting the windows. So sounds like a lot of fun. And um, yeah, is this, uh, weren't there videos of people still coming off that plane yeah. with their luggage? Oh, there was, there yes. was video. There was someone with a video... Um, that uh, took inside the cabin, and, and there was people. I, you could see people grabbing bags and and stuff, yeah. and and uh, you know, this is another case of don't these people realise? You know, that there's mm. a huge. I mean, that was a pretty big fire. Yeah. To be fair, yeah, yeah, yeah. from that from that uh, that right side, and um, you know, the aircraft um, was a bought and take off. So in this case, it would have been fully laden with fuel, mm. lots and lots and lots of fuel on board. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I know people say in hindsight what you do, but I mean, if I'm sitting there looking out the window seeing flames, I'm not. I don't care. I don't care about my my iPod or my or my, my battery pack or my headphones or me you know, or anything. I'd be off, gone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. See you later. But we keep covering stories like this, don't yeah. we? Where where moronic passengers, and I'm sorry if I've offended with anyone, but I don't care. Moronic passengers who must protect their hand luggage. You know, it's like their phone. They can't possibly do without it. It's like, well, all your photos back up on the cloud anyway. All your contacts are backed up on your phone anyway. If you've been involved <laughs> in something like this, I'm pretty sure somebody will buy you a new mobile phone. Well, that's, that's, or a tablet or something like that. That's why we have know. things called hold insurance. Uh, is there such a thing as that? Oh, What's yes, that? Yes, do you have to take that separately? Or does it's it an amazing thing that do you costs have to take hardly that anything at all. Do you have to... Do, oh, fine. Does that come as do. part of your... Or do you have to get it second... The, the airline don't give it to you. No, 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 no. You, you don't. You, you, can, do. you, you are covered. I think there is. I mean, you are. I think you are covered under under. Um, I forget what it is now. There, are, I think there is some sort of cover you have through the airline, but the, your holiday insurance does cover you for. God, you for really can get insurance for anything. You can get insurance you? for anything. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and pay and pay and pay. It's called premiums. But uh, yeah, <laughs> look, I mean, I've always, I've always got my phone in my pocket anyhow. In fact, actually, it's generally during takeoff and landing, my phone is on my thigh with my hand holding it as I'm watching. What, what's happening using Oz runways, but that's just me. Um, <coughs> yeah. The moving map and the speeds and everything. It's quite right. fun. That's exactly yeah. me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, for, for people like my wife who have um, some medication that uh, needs to be with them at all times and so on, I've actually been working with her about having a little bum bag that just is either on her lap or somewhere nearby and easily grabbed and chucked over her shoulder or around your waist. So... It's not a um, a huge crumpler bag or, or you know, no, something. No, I, I in the get overhead. that. I, I, obviously, something like that that's very important because if it you know if it is a life or death um, you know thing, then I get that. But as I say, it's like what is there? What are you carrying in your hand luggage that is that crucial that you would put you and everyone else's life at risk to rescue? You know what? For mm. a tablet and a laptop that can be easily replaced. I'm sorry. 
you know, as I say, oh, it's, and it's in your, your UK, case, the, yeah, <laughs> and in your case, obviously, with the lovely kit, but you, you see, because you're not a moron, you're looking at other ways of having it so that it's with her at all times, um, so that yeah. if she does have to evacu- evacuate an aeroplane very quickly and or conveniently, it's still with her, she can just get mm. off the plane. Yeah. She hasn't got to, like, open the hand, you know, I, I'm, yeah. Just, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, this is, this is a bugbear of mine, and, you know, it just really winds me up, and it, it brings me back to a lovely segment that Micah did for us, which was the in-flight um, entertainment thing, wasn't it? You know, the, yeah. not the in-flight the safety, the, the safety, safety brief, thing, yeah. which was, you know, it, yeah. you know, if there's a fire, how don't be a moron, you know. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to shut Caution. up now because I'm, 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 I didn't, I'm uh, going off on one, ladies and gentlemen. Going, going back <laughs> to the going back to the the um, the nuts and bolts aviation part of the story, I didn't. I was going oh, to try oh, and get a chance. Is this an aviation show? Well, it could oh, okay. possibly be. <laughs> right, I was okay. trying to try and get a. a the the N number, the tail number, to see whether this was um, what uh, engine was powered. It's because it was an uncontained engine failure. I just wonder what uh, whether this was the Rolls Royce or the Pratt or the the GEs on oh, this. I'm know. not sure. It's a seven six. Hmm. Um, I mean, the seven six has had the they had the RB two elevens on those Grant, didn't they? On the seven sixes. Well, I'm hmm. actually just looking this up this information right now because Ooh, surely there was a, some device that allows us to find this out. Or it could be and, GE. Uh, Perhaps, can perhaps you look it up in the based on, on the on the flight number or something? You can look at the tail number. If you put that tail number in, there's, a, there's an awesome site. Unfortunately, it's very tiny. In the I know. Aren't they good? But uh, <laughs> it has, the actual report is on mm. uh, the Aviation Herald website, Simon's awesome site there, um, mm. to, go and, to go and have a look at. But I think the uh, story was on there. But it's interesting to find out what um, engine this was, uh, you know, which, which had the, the issue. Apparently, I've got something on eBay that's really important that it's interrupted the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry about that, boys and girls. <coughs> right. Uh, yes. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. On to no. the next story. On to the next story. Yeah. 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 So, if, uh, if you find that information, Grant, obviously do chip in. <laughs> so the next story yeah, then yeah. is uh, uh, another story that uh, happened. It was last last beginning of last week. This one, we at Matt. Um, this one's on the aviationist.com website, and um, it's uh, regarding a crash that happened at, uh, in my second home, Malta. Oh, uh, yes, on the of course. Of yeah, an update on that. And yeah. um, the aircraft, uh, it was uh, a, a Metroliner that uh, crashed uh, just after takeoff mm. from Malta, killing all five people on board. Very the sad. aircraft was a, was a specially configured Metro uh, aircraft. Uh, which has is, is been used for uh, surveillance operations in Libya. And uh, this was on October the 24th. Uh, a Fairchild Metroliner aircraft uh, in a special configuration required to undertake surveillance missions crashed shortly after takeoff from Malta's International Airport at 7.20 a.m. in the morning. Uh, the SA-227, uh, painted overall grey, was carrying uh, civil registration at November 577. Uh, Mike X-Ray is one of two such aircraft, the other other being uh, November 919 uh, Charlie Kilo that carries uh, a different surveillance suite and is operated by the Luxembourg-based CAE Aviation on behalf of the French government uh, for missions in Africa. Uh, Dash cam uh, footage, which uh, if you go over to YouTube, you can find this dash cam footage of a car actually travelling. Just out of, because we shouldn't hear the sound, just hit the the play button, we'll see if it actually works. See if this actually plays. For those of you in the chat room, you might be able to to see this if we play this out. If it will play. There we go. Is it played? No. No, that's not no, going to play. Not gonna okay, play. well, it was worth okay. a try. Yes, sorry about that, boys and girls. But if you take yeah. yourselves <laughs> over <laughs> to the uh, to the aviationist.com, yep. 
there is a video of some mm. dash cam footage from a car. on YouTube and stuff and, as well. Uh, it's very clear as well. Mm. It, sh- it does show the aircraft in uh, a pretty hefty bank mm. uh, and then crashing in a ball of flames. But uh, the French MOD, Ministry of Defence, confirmed the aircraft uh, was involved in a surveillance operation and that uh, three defence ministry officials and two private contractors were killed in the incident. Mm. The aircraft was reportedly involved in tracing routes of illicit trafficking both of humans and drugs along uh, the more than 1,200 kilometres of Libyan coastline. Uh, this aircraft was indeed part of a fleet of sensor-filled planes involved in intelligence-gathering missions along North Africa. Uh, such paramilitary uh, operations operate from med- air bases in the Mediterranean Sea, including Malta. Uh, that is one of the main operating bases considered, uh, um, the, considering the proximity to the area of operations, because it is just a little a stone's mm-hmm. throw away from there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but sad news indeed. Uh, obviously, we none of us like to see a, a plane no. crash, no, no, no. Uh, even a small aircraft such as and this. It, ha- it has to be said, it's not been a good week for that sort of thing, really, as, as we'll come to a no, bit later on. No, it's been quite an incident-filled week. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so... Um, Sad news, indeed. Like I said, take yourselves over to the, mm. the aviationist.com. Yeah. There is some dash cam footage there, which you can see. Make your own decisions. But it uh, yeah. it was in one heck of a, a steep It was turn. in a mess, I think. It was, yeah, they, they've it, lost yeah. control really, really yeah, bad of yeah. the aircraft yeah. um, after we takeoff. We, well, and hopefully it will become clear as to what was behind um, said hiccup, won't it? I mm. mean, let, let, let's hope that, uh, that they do get to the bottom of it. But so the next uh, story, uh, yep. another breaking or another news story which yes, broke this week indeed um, yes and, and this is on the miami news uh website miami news uh seven uh, and the um headline is fedex plane crash uh catches fire at fort lauderdale hollywood international airport fort lauderdale hollywood international airport uh is where this took place a fedex plane caught fire at said airport uh, on Friday afternoon, temporarily shutting down the airport. Officials have offered a complete ground stop at FLL, causing some delays for travellers, uh, but it was lifted at 7pm right um, Right now we're back up and running, normally trying to get back into sync with how things were before the incident, said uh, Broverd and Aviation Authority. Um, uh, spokesperson Greg Mayer uh, during the news conference. According to reports, the FedEx jet was arriving at FLL from Memphis, Tennessee when the incident occurred. Um, now, I've actually got a video that I'm going to play uh, of part of that. It's uh, according to the Federal Aviation Administration, the main landing gear on the FedEx 910 crashed, uh, sorry, collapsed um, and then caught fire. The aircraft then rolled off runway 10. Uh, there was a trail of fire, like a fireball, running fuel fire. Uh, so running fuel fire down the runway, leading to the jet. Said mm. um, said this spokesperson. Um, uh, uh, somebody at the airport who works at the warehouse near the runway said that he saw the aircraft explode, slide and skid to a stop. I saw the flames that, and the fire. I saw the uh, trajectory of the plane. Uh, I saw the trajectory. What? Try that again. I saw the trajectory the plane was taking. 
Uh, it was coming straight for my building, he said. Thankfully, it stopped where it did. Uh, seven Skyforce HD flew over the scene as personnel exited the aircraft after the major malfunction. The two pilots ex escaped using a rope ladder as passengers and employees alike captured the fiery scene on their cell phones. Now I'm just going to play this video out. There is no sound. The re there is sound, sorry, but I can't play it out because it does actually have um, naughty, naughty mm. words on it, so I can't play that out. But, but for those in the chat room, you'll be able to see this. Yeah, so, so if you're watching, if not, then uh, obviously take yourself. You'll be able to find this. I, f I got this from YouTube. So I'm going to play this out, um, and I'll carry on reading the story while I do so. Uh, it said it, it looked like it came in for, uh, for a hard landing. Looks like maybe they broke off the, the, uh, the left-hand side landing gear. However, that happened, said the passenger Terry Smith, that caused some sort of fire to have all that smoke. Uh, again, the spokesman uh, said uh, that the fire crews doused the plane with smoke and the airport shut down operations for about an hour. Friday night, a FedEx <laughs> spokesman released a statement that reads, FedEx Flight 910 en route from Memphis to Fort Lauderdale experienced an issue upon landing at approximately 6pm local time on the 28th of October. The two pilot crew on board the MD-10-10 evacuated safely. We are cooperating with investigating authorities. Um, yeah, so you, you can sort of see there. I, I, sorry, I, it's uh, the video is... Uh, uh, gone into sort of weird wide mode, but you get the idea of what was what was happening there. I mean, it's a big fight, massive. If you look at the pictures, if you're watching this on YouTube, there's a massive uh, like sort of flame trail that goes right behind yeah, the aircraft. Fuel trail, yeah. Yeah, oh, I'd say because the the engine itself was was uh, torn. Well, not torn off, but it was yeah. kind of t half torn off the wing. Obviously, there's fuel lines and stuff there which wouldn't have, uh, have helped matters at all. Have you, did you see this video or not, Grant? Before um, before the show today. I had no, I hadn't actually taken the time to watch it, but I'd uh, read up on it. I just find it quite fascinating, the bit where it's the uh, you know, Browood Sheriff Fire Rescue Crews doused the plane with smoke. Mm -hmm. Is that where it came from? Yeah, indeed, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Where all that smoke yes. came from. I think they, perhaps they meant with foam or something like that. Actually, it is worth noting, because if you do watch this video, um, for real, I've, I've corrected the skew of it. Sorry about that, boys and girls. Um, but um, so that's really patronising. I've got to stop saying that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, in the chat room. Um, but um, yeah, I have to say I'm very surprised. I, I guess I suppose it hadn't, so, you know, they hadn't had an alert to say that there was a, a plane coming in that was in trouble. If you see what I mean. Well, I don't but think it was in trouble. I think it, the, the uh, collapse, I think, happened after right. the rollout. Yeah. I think from the landing, everything so. was going fine till yeah. it went boink. Yeah. But some people were actually sort of saying that it, it took the fire crews a long time to get on site. But of course, if they were stood down, if you like, um, then perhaps um, perhaps that that's a reason. I mean, it was still under two minutes. I think again, if you listen to the audio of the, of the which I can't play out because it just yeah. keeps wearing and it's just too difficult. Um, but um, yeah. They, they, they were sort of saying that it took two minutes for the, for the fire crews to get there, which if they were stood down actually is not a bad response time, let's be honest. Um, but, yeah, I'm uh, not sure what the uh, required response time is. Um, mm. Two minutes is, is, I believe, pretty good. I, th I yeah, don't I think, think it's supposed to be there yeah. in one minute. That's well, given that the fact that they hadn't had a, you know, a shout over the radio to say, yeah. train, you know, um, plane in trouble coming into land or something. I mean, it was just you know going about its business and everything was all okay. Mike has made a very very good point in the mm -hmm. chat room actually that oh. uh, this would never have happened if it were a TriStar instead of an up converted DC-10. Very very true, Mike. I can't uh, <laughs> can't agree with you more there. <laughs> Yeah. Indeed, yes. uh, Tony yeah, S. has made a very good point, though, that uh, the DC-10 and MD-11 were notorious for heavy landings. I mean, it, 
I remember there was a, an accident one, not too not too many years ago there, a FedEx MD-11 at Narita. I think it was Tokyo Narita, their airport, mm. wasn't it, Grant, with the... Um, it had the uh, had a yeah. crash there, not something uh, there, which it which, which was a lot worse than this. It was uh, mm. a real mess that one. Um, but they are they're they're quite a difficult aircraft to fly. From what I've heard from the um, the the, air, the other programs and the documentaries and stuff that I've seen and the books I've read, the uh, DC-10 MD-11 were were not the easiest aircraft to fly mm. for uh, for the pilots. So yeah, indeed. Uh, and our few DC-10 tech crew. From the old days, who absolutely loved the DC-10, swore by it, and in fact, one of them it took him a while to get used to the 747. He 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 was like you know, he re- he was a DC-10 avid junkie, absolutely loved it, and was always complaining about the 74 for the first year or two, until he finalised conversion and realised he'd never have a chance to go back to the 10. Mm. But um, on a slightly different note, uh, I put it in the chat room earlier, and uh, Jeff's put it in as well. I did a quick look up the uh, serial number of that. Um, the 767 was November 345 Alpha November, and that's got the uh, the GE engines on it. Ah, so mm. it's running the CF6s. Hmm. Okay, and, and, and I, I presume they're known to be a reliable engine, are they? I mean, yeah, in, in yeah. quite in use in quite a lot of aircraft. Mm. I think the Air, Airbuses uh, had those on as well. I think Grant, the 310s, yeah. I think mm. the 310s had those on. Right, so moving on to our mm. next story. Uh, this one is for Grant. Oh, look, Qantas. Oh, look, how did that get in there? <laughs> Anyone would have okay, thought that uh, occasionally you sit down and plan stuff, Carlos. I t- mean, I time to pick on Grant yeah. now. <laughs> okay, I'm out. Yes, well, it's, it's Qantas. It's, I mean, you know, the airline that's uh, turned, turned the corner amazingly once the price of fuel went down and they actually started running it like an airline instead of a reality show. <laughs> well, did I say that? <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Uh, Saucer okay. of milk, table five. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, wow. Yeah. So back on back on track, Qantas increases excess baggage fees at domestic airports, and we're finding this on the bastion of information that is the news.com.au website. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, most most newspapers in Australia have a bias. Some are more obvious than others. <laughs> um, <laughs> <see>. So, <laughs> oh, it's oh, it's great fun. You know, some are left leaning, some are right leaning, and some are totally left right out of it. Right. But, um, <laughs> so. Uh, while everyone was talking about the new Qantas logo yesterday, the airline was quietly implementing a hike in its excess baggage fees. Yes, don't look over here, folks. Yeah. From today, the price for purchasing excess baggage at domestic airports across Australia will increase by up to 75%. Ouch. Mm. The fee for the first extra piece of luggage will rise from $40 to $70, and those needing an extra second piece of luggage will be charged $90, up from 60 So, um... A Qantas spokesperson said the airline was making a small change to its baggage fees. Following a review, we've made some small adjustments to the prices charged for purchasing additional luggage on Qantas.com and at the airport. The airline also introduced its airport heavy charges from $30 to 50 for any luggage over the allowed 23 kilos. Oh, for a second there, I thought they were going to start charging me more because I'm a fat boy. <laughs> but anyhow, actually, it's just my luggage. <clears throat> so, uh, yes, Qantas. Qantas does have generous uh, checked baggage limits compared to other airlines, so there's a very small percentage of customers who actually have to purchase additional uh, baggage. I'm not sure which airlines they are. Maybe that's um, some small regional because uh, Virgin has the same, um, you know, 23 kilo Mm. luggage allowance, Mm. uh, one free bag, et cetera. Uh, Maybe they're comparing themselves to, you know, Tiger and their own Jetstar, which are the... (laughs) um, 
budget airlines will say rather than uh, low cost as Micah likes to point out there is no low cost with a budget airline oh, no okay the, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah it's saying the increase is now in line with its major competitor Virgin Australia uh, last year the world's biggest airlines raked in a whopping 34 billion from charges not included in airfare prices including excess baggage fees yeah that also included fees such as um, nominate your own seat make sure everyone's sitting together and um, you know, general other things like that, not just, the, <laughs> and also, you know, print out your own boarding pass. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, they also do refer to Tiger Air. Oh, interesting. Yes. Yeah. Well, we see. Now we're 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 used to this, obviously, because here in in uh, in the uh, the well, I, I say the homeland, not meaning to be patronising, but it's just, like here here in the UK, we Middle are Earth. so used. To, Middle Earth, did you say? <laughs> Middle Earth. No, that's the New Zealand guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. You're not aware of where the film is made. Honestly, uh, I've been to Wellington. You know, I've actually done the tour. Anyway. Oh, yeah, I, did you go to Hobbiton and, and I did. go and drink at the Green Dragon? I did. Yes. Yes. And I also went to the. Oh. Um, I also I also went to uh, where they did the. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry. I'll stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Airline. We went Airline. to the studio and air, went to the studio and everything it was amazing. Yeah. And and I've got some photographs of my friend because they they had like uh, like um, um, hobbit ears and feet and stuff, so you could put all the outfits on and then like recreate. Can I can I just say scenes. what okay. I hated that film? What I hate them all? Lord of the Rings, <sighs> Hobbit, blah blah blah. Go all off don't like you anymore. Uh, it, I think know. we're going to have to take him off our. Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Where, so I'm where's just that, where's that mute button? Hang on, I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, yes. I, I, in that case, I won't go and get my. Um, you shall not need a boarding pass T-shirt. Shall <gasps> yes. Gandalf Airlines. <laughs> Gandalf Airlines. Yeah. You shall not pass. Yeah. Uh, oh, anyway, that's, sorry. This actual T-shirt I've got. It's an airliner with Gandalf Airlines on it. And <laughs> you shall not need a boarding pass. <laughs> I love Our it. aircraft I arrive precisely like, when they're supposed to. Yeah, indeed, absolutely. And it's like coach drivers. Coach drivers are, arrive precisely when they mean to. They're never late or early. They arrive precisely when they mean to. But, yes, yes. Um, it is... Um, oh, bye, Jeff. Sorry. I think Captain Jeff is going, in, going off, in the tunnel yeah. again. Uh, but, uh, yes, it's... Um, uh, so we're used to it here. We're so used to having to pay extra if we want to take a case. I mean, we're so conditioned here in the UK. Like me, me and Mum, I can't remember the last time we actually checked in a suitcase to go on holiday. I mean, we do everything, um, you know, hand luggage only. You know, so actually, if if you are conditioned and make sure you've got the right size bag, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you can you can do it without it costing you any any additional. Additional, additional fees and of course like Stansted and things they're geared up now you, you have your your boarding your passes that you print out and they've got the um, they've got QR codes on them and you just put them on, mm. on the scanner as you go through security and all sorts so uh, you know it's, it's not a new concept as, as far as we're concerned um, but uh, yeah. I, I think we're all massively overcharged if we if we if we go over over the the acquired and I think Carlos has said several times I mean you're very uh, hot on like weighing your baggage and stuff so you can stand there and have an argument with someone if necessary but, uh, yeah. oh, very much so very much so indeed so so, so it's quite new where you are then the, the, this whole sort of printing your own oh no, no 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 it's not not new new it's just the pricing and the changes and right. things like that and yeah. uh like tiger and jetstar nickel and dime you for anything they can mm. uh virgin and Qantas are supposed to be the full fare kind of guys so. yeah uh, with all the travelling I've been doing with work, I'm, I'm at the point where Virgin give me two two bags instead of one for free. Um, check luggage. Um, of course, I've got all the priority stuff happening, which is kind of nice. But uh, I use that. Uh, excuse me, just when we went up to um, go fly the balloons up at the Hunter, because I took my toolkit. I've got a maintenance authority, so I quite often travel with my toolkit in case anything. Uh, someone needs a balloon repair done. 
while we're up there, things like that. And uh, yeah, it's uh, you know you, you get one twenty three kilo bag checked free on Virgin and Qantas. That's normally heaps for everyone, um, even when you're you're carrying extra stuff. So yeah, I don't know that this is going to impact everyone. As you're saying, Matt, it's pretty easy if you're just going away for a weekend to just have carry on. Um, so it's not hard at all to um, you know, plan things and get away mm. with just free luggage. So moving on to the next story. Indeed, yes. This one is... This is mine, this one, isn't it? It is, yes, yes, your go, your go. Yeah, they saw on the independent.co.uk website, and this one is... The headline is, RAF fighter jet scrambled to escort passenger plane to airport in Scotland after mid-flight emergency. So a uh, Valaris aircraft or airline plane lands safely at Glasgow Presswick Airport. Um, the RAF has scrambled fighter jets to escort a passenger plane to an airport in Scotland after it lost communication with the ground. Royal Air Force Typhoons was sent to the Valaris Airlines A320 to Glasgow Presswick Airport where it landed safely uh, this week. The alarm was raised when the aircraft lost contact uh, with the ground and uh, at 2.40pm staggering, uh, stayed, uh, triggering a mid-air emergency. Uh, a spokesperson for the Royal Air Force said the Typhoon jets were sent at supersonic speed, triggering a loud sonic boom heard across Scotland. Uh, that woke a few people up, I bet. Uh, quick reaction <laughs> alert. Typhoon aircraft were launched today from uh, Royal Air Force Coningsby and the Royal Air Force Lossiemouth to identify the unresponsive civilian aircraft. Uh, the Typhoon aircraft were authorised to transit at supersonic speed for operational reasons. Any con- inconvenience caused to local residents is regretted. Uh, communications were re-established with the aircraft and uh, it was safely escorted uh, by the Lossiemouth aircraft to Presswick Airport. And uh, the the Mexican plane, Mexican airline aircraft, which uh, was understood to have been en route to Iceland, landed safely and investigations are being carried out into the loss of communications. A spokesperson for the Police Scotland uh, said a full emergency response was put into action and the incident was under investigation. An aircraft has been diverted to, or the aircraft was diverted to, Glasgow Presswick Airport um, at around 2.40 following the report of the temporary loss of communication. And the airport, or the aircraft, landed safely at uh, near just before 4 p.m. And uh, emergency services were in attendance uh, to establish the full circumstances. The airport officials said that some roads were temporarily closed as a precaution, and investigations are continuing. Well, this is something that that, that uh, it's not a rarity. I mean, this does happen every now and again, and uh, we hear about aircraft uh, having communications I- I- issues. And uh, especially if they can't be raised by uh, by ATC, then that does see, tend to trigger various things and alarm bells ringing, especially with uh, you know the events of what's happened in the past. So it's not uh, not something that uh, doesn't happen often. Yeah, apologies for disappearing there. Uh, those of you who are watching live on YouTube will have noticed that we had a little bit of a glitch in our chat room there. I've dealt with that, and that has been deleted. And oh, been. good. So uh, apologies for that. I hope nobody was offended. That was obviously something that was slightly beyond our control. 
Yes, yes, we carried on regardless yes. anyway. A wee, hooligan, a wee hooligan came into the crowd. Indeed, absolutely, yeah. which is not something we're used to. In, in Has our, he been our... conveniently booted? He's very much been blocked. I'll tell oh, you. good, <laughs> anyway, good, so, good. But, uh, Unfortunately, I couldn't do that from my machine. I had to well, I hope his day goes uh, anyway. considerably bad. <laughs> so splendid. <laughs> Moving on, uh, boys and girls, uh, so apologies for that. Uh, yes, so, next um, story. What, so, so just as a matter of interest oh. there, Grant, what... Uh, what uh, squawk code should I squawk when I have issues with my radio communications equipment? Uh, that would be uh, 7,600, I believe. Yay! Oh. <laughs> it's been a little while because yeah. I don't normally have that much communications with VHF. I do mm. use it. I was using it a fair bit over the weekend, but uh, last weekend rather. But uh, yeah, I suspect that uh, someone on the uh, Mexican plane accidentally hit the wrong button there. And um, locked the wrong code in because in some cases, if you like, if you're changing your transponder code and you don't put it to standby first, uh, it can send out all sorts of information as you're changing the dials. Uh, most cases, those these days, you just push the button and activate, and the new code goes in. So, if you're accidentally dialing through with the old, um, you know, twisty dialy things, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's not impossible to accidentally skip through 77, 75, all that kind of stuff. And, <laughs> And suddenly, once you do that, it, it create, raises the alarm, and it won't let you change it off. No, no. Uh, that's yeah, one. That's one thing my instructors always said. When whenever we're flying, and in the the few one fifties that do have the ability to do that, because not all of them do at our club. Some of them are kind of nineteen uh, twenties Cessna one fifties ish, in that yeah. <laughs> near enough that age range. But uh, they always say, put it, switch it to standby before you uh, do anything with the changing of the squawk code. Yes. Because, like you said, yes. that can that can make for very um, you know, bad instances to happen. <laughs> Scary. Yeah. When, when the first and only time I ever did it was long before nine. You've done it. And yeah, oh. I actually I was flying co-pilot with a friend, and we had to make a change, and I just dialed it in. And he said, "Oh well, you probably just caused some fun to come up on the screen then." Uh, he said, "Normally we put it in standby first, McCarran." I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry. Um, lesson learned. The, the ATC didn't give us any jit for it, and it was well before 9-11, so, yeah, they, we didn't suddenly have um, any jets turn up to shadow a, uh, a um, Piper Warrior that could have, you know, flown into the side of a building <laughs> and accidentally caused damage to two people on board. Do you know, <laughs> I, I would love to see a, um, you know, a Eurofighter Typhoon just try and keep up with my Cessna 150. I, they would, yeah, they so would I, literally have to have... Speed brakes, the gear down, uh, oh, the canopy open. <laughs> they'd have to be going like they'd have to be flying sort of like you know vertically uh, to try. And I think that's of... when they actually start doing orbits around you, going, "Come on, come on!" <laughs> that would that would make for some interesting uh, flying. That would, or, 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 or they'd have to they'd yeah. have to come at uh, come at me with a with a Harrier or some sort of uh, VTOL or something aircraft. hovering, yeah, a yeah. helicopter oh, maybe. That would... oh, look, you got up closer to an F thirty five B than you ever thought you would. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> so the next story is uh, for Matt. This one, indeed. Okay, yes, cool. And uh, this is on the oh oh brace yourselves, everyone. It's on the Daily Mail, and if it's in the Daily da, Mail, da, da, da. Uh, it must be true, everyone. Da, 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 da. Um, but uh, this is actually uh, this is true. Sadly, uh, <laughs> sorry. Read the headline first, yes. Smith. Serious uh, story, now, Mrs. <laughs> Smith. Story, Serious okay. story. Serious faces on everyone. As as uh, many people are probably aware that. Uh, uh, very sad news was released uh, during the week that the legendary Second World War pi- World War Two pilot 
um, uh, Bob Hoover, who stole a Nazi plane to escape from a prison camp, dies at the age of 94. Legendary Second World War pilot Robert A. Bob Hoover has passed away, sadly, at the age of 94. Hoover, who was known for stealing an aeroplane to escape a Nazi prisoner of war camp, died early Tuesday in Palos... Um, uh, in, in Palos Verdes Estates, States, yeah. uh, in California, close family friend Bill Fanning has confirmed he was every pilot's icon. Fanning, uh, Fanning said, calling his friend um, as one of the premier test pilots of the 1950s and 60s. Bob tested everything; he flew them all, and it's a very sort of cool uh, sort of thing. I mean, you think really? I mean, it must have been when aviation was really at its birth. I mean, it must have been quite exciting to be involved in, in test piloting. You know, because I mean, mm. y you do get innovation now, but nothing like what you have done sort of sort of 50 or 60 years ago, haven't you? I mean, because it was, you know, the birth of the jet engine was just like, you know, you, he must have sinned so much. But anyway, friend uh, Chuck Yeager, with whom he tested supersonic planes, described Hoover as the greatest pilot I ever saw. His trademark at air shows was to turn both engines of the plane off and hurtle it downwards towards Earth, pulling it back up at the last possible second, uh, said the New York Times Hoover, who began flying in 1937 at Berryfield in Nashville, Tennessee, almost came to an early end while serving in the Army's 52nd Fighter Group in Sicily uh, during World War II. He, he flew more than 50 missions before being shot down in February 1944. It's um, it's a very very sad story, isn't it? This really. So he spent 16 months uh, in Stalag Luft, a, a prisoner of war camp in uh, Bath, Germany, where Allied soldiers were kept. He survived and spent months in a prisoner of war camp before he escaped, stole a German fighter plane, and flew to safety in the Netherlands. According to the Times, he was chased by farmers holding pitchforks who thought he was a German at first. Then the National Air and Space Museum, when the National Air and Space Museum uh, conferred his highest, uh, its highest honour on Hoover in 2007. The museum noted that Jimmy Doolittle, leader of the famed 1942 bomber raid on Japan, had once described Hoover as the greatest stick and rudder man that had ever lived. We lost an aviation pioneer today, Apollo 11 astronaut Bols Aldrin, the second man on the moon, said in a Twitter post he could do magical things with an aeroplane. He was the best. Early US jet-powered warplanes such as the P-80 and the F-84 were tested by Hoover, who then became a backup pilot in the, uh, in the Bell X-1 program and flew the chase plane when Chuck uh, Yeager became the first to break the sound barrier in 1940. Hoover also tested the XFJ-2 uh, Fury, which was developed for the Navy and Marine Corps, and the F-86 Sabre, an Air Force fighter uh, among more than 300 types of aircraft he flew in his career, according to the National Air and Space Museum. He later brought his flying prowess to the public in aerobatic performances, including uh, using such aircraft as the North American Aviation's P-51 Mustang and uh, Aero Commanders. And of course, is, is the, is the Mustang was the one at um, Hardwick. And his strike uh, sorry, his Shrike, I think they mean Strike Commander, don't they? No, no, it's Shrike. Yeah, they've put... A, oh, no, it is Shrike, is it? No, no, it is Shrike. Oh, Shrike, yeah. Oh, okay, my apologies. Yeah. His Shrike Commander uh, 500S um, 
or is it 500S? I don't really know. Or is it 500S? 500 500S. Oh, 500 it's a model S. number. Is it? Okay, thank you. I'm glad someone yeah. knows what's going on. Uh, <laughs> now Ascond in the Air and Space Museum changed from an ordinary business-style propeller plane to an aerobatic star with Hoover at the controls during a so-called energy management routine. With both engines off, uh, he would do a loop, uh, roll 180-degree turns and land. In the early 1990s, the Federal Aviation Administration pulled Hoover's medical certificate for failing a neuro neurological exam that followed uh, a performance at, Air Air at Aerospace America Air Show in Oklahoma City. Uh, Hoover fought... Uh, the decision and even went to court and in 1995 he received a restricted medical certificate that year he returned to the skies and delivered his signature performance at Daytona Beach in Florida it felt good to be performing in front of my countrymen again he said at the time I'm just glad that that is all behind me and that justice and fairness have prevailed. A recipient of numerous honours, Hoover was among the 100 heroes of aviation honoured in 2003 at the first flight Sienna, uh, is it Sentinel? Sorry, the Sentinel. first flight Centennial. Sorry? Centennial. Centennial. Yep. I'm, I'm having trouble speaking. Uh, celebration. It's the one where it's 2.30 in the morning. Yeah, yeah all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's fair to say that anyone who has ever had the privilege of flying with Bob saw him perform at an air show or who heard him speak was affected tremendously by the experience, said Andrew Broom, executive director of the Citation Jets Pilots Association. The association, in conjunction with the Bob Hoover Legacy Foundation, provides scholarships in Hoover's name to students attending Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. I mean, it's a very, very sad story. Um, I, don't, I don't know, has, has anybody out there actually had the privilege of seeing him in action? Um, I, I wonder if perhaps... I missed, I missed him. He, uh, when he was grounded in the US, he was actually down here in Australia flying. Oh, wow. Um, the Aussies allowed him to fly in a, in a mm. rather odd reversal of fortune. <laughs> yeah. uh, normally the Aussies are more restrictive than the Yanks. But, uh, mm. yeah, uh, I, I think everyone, uh, there's a very large number of people out there who have met him, seen him fly and mm. things like that. And he, is, he, he was the legend, mm. um, the gentleman of the, uh, of the aerobatics and, and air, air show circuit. And, uh, you know, as they say, all good things. He had a jolly good innings. And, yeah. you know, yeah, same, shame he's gone. Absolutely. But, wow, what a, what a life. Yeah. Absolutely. What a life! If yeah, you could do, if you could do a yeah. quarter of what yeah. he's he, he's done in his life, I yeah, mean, I'd, absolutely, I'd be I'd be really chuffed. He's well, yeah. So he he is what, as you say, one of life's many legend, isn't he? And hopefully, thanks to this foundation that we mentioned mm. at the end, there, you know, his legacy will will live on. So, uh, and yes. there's also also the movie Flying the Feathered Edge, the Bob Hoover story. Oh, really? Uh, it's a mo movie that was released mm. just recently. Have to keep an eye out. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, um, is it sort of like a documentary type thing or? Uh, Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, cool. I should look out for that. That sounds... That sounds Flying the pivot Yeah. So moving on to the next story, which is uh, is, is an interesting one. It's uh, for you, Grant. <laughs> yes, it's on the Wall Street Journal, and it's passengers to airlines. Enough with the wacky safety videos. And to be honest, I have to say, after traveling to uh, New Zealand about a month ago, I was less than enthused with their latest uh, safety video. The previous ones they've done have been fascinating, yeah, Lord yeah. of the Rings, Hobbit, things like that, the All Blacks ones, uh, the body paint one, that was particularly wonderful. You know, the, there's some, in New Zealand have done some amazing ones, but their latest one, uh, my father and I are sitting there going, can we turn this off? Can we please just have the old boring one? You yeah. know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. bring back the old stuff, because they were just getting too out there. And uh, so glad to see it's not just me and my father being annoyed, according to this article here in the Wall Street Journal. 
Every time the 11-year-old girl starts rapping about oxygen masks, Joe English stops listening. Like many <laughs> frequent travelers, he's over the overdone airline safety videos, including Virgin America's song and dance routine. It's like, no, 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 no more, said the software engineer from Portland, Oregon. <laughs> Airlines have turned the sonorous three-minute safety briefing into a big-budget extravaganzas. And New Zealand's current blockbuster filmed at Warner Brothers Studio in Los Angeles stars actress Anna Faris and Kiwi comedian Reese Darby. And, yeah, that was the one. Oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> flashback. Um, yeah, I, I think it, some people love it. I know some people love it. But for me, it was just, in New Zealand, what have you done? You've... You've just ruined your past. Yeah, you know, they they hit some real good ones, and then they went off the off the deep end with that one. But uh, Air France flaunts French flair in a video that claims the seatbelt will elegantly highlight your waistline. Hmm. Oh, good. A Delta Airlines flight attendant dubbed Delta Lena became a media sensation for wagging her finger for no smoking. I'm sure we all remember <laughs> that one. And uh, yeah, yeah, she, that was that was a good one. Um, Virgin America's video made its debut in 2013 and has 11.9 million YouTube views. Yeah, okay, that's probably really important given most of us are sitting on an airliner that we can't actually watch it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, that doesn't yeah. really equate to, you know, did they run a, po a pop quiz afterwards to go, so should you leave your luggage on board or take it off the burning aircraft? <laughs> um, so, you know, yeah. It's, yes. It's yeah, remarkable yeah. signs of the cinematic unconscious. People think mainly think it's pretty entertaining. Um, so, yeah, do you want me to keep reading this? Come on, it's chat, all pretty chat much room. On. Everyone in the chat room, give us your views. For those of you guys who have flown long haul with some of these airlines that have these kind of uh, safety videos. What, what are your views on this? I mean, uh, Mash has just put in the uh, chat room that some of these videos are gimmicky and it's hard to distill the actual mm. safety information. Yeah. Um, I mean, Thompson actually dabbled, dabbled with this in the oh, UK. Yeah, Thompson yeah. had... Uh, I mean, that, actually, their one was quite good. Um, it was kind of sticking with the safety theme, mm. but it had, it had children kind of doing the, the safety yeah, demonstrations, yeah. which... People, you know, of oh. of, mm. of my mindset, found very mm. entertaining with all this sort of laugh and mm. giggling and stuff. It's quite, you know, engaging. I, you um, see, I, I can't. I, I, and I know you don't like the film, so we've already covered that. We, we still haven't forgiven you for that. Okay. But I, I did really like the. Um, the the, the 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 Hobbit ones that they did, or, or the Lord of the Rings uh, ones that they did, uh, mm. we, that was Air New Zealand, wasn't it? And yeah. I, I did really yeah. like, I write, I really like that, and and it did get all the all the details out there because it was basically a safety, it was basically a safety video in Middle Earth, mm. wasn't it? I, I, and that really yeah. that really worked for me. I, I, it was uh, again, but I mean, I had not flown with them, so I'd only seen it watching it on YouTube as an element of entertainment. I perhaps didn't look at it uh, with a view to to you know its purpose. So perhaps I'm not. Who, in, in is it um, Air New Zealand with the Men in Black one now, Grant? Yeah, they, they did a Men in Black one. Uh, yeah. That was the one before the current one. Yeah. Uh, they, they did The Hobbit. They did The Lord of the Rings. Uh, the, the, the All Blacks one was really quite amusing in many places because you've got an old lady, um, elderly lady, sorry, trying to get her um, framed post, uh, picture of one of the All Black guys up into the overhead, so two of them pick her up and she puts it in, you know, all that kind of <laughs> stuff. It's rather amusing. Yeah. But it, it, I think, as was just said, it's succinct and point it doesn't yeah. detract from the fact that it's giving it's you a the safety, safety video yeah where whereas the air new zealand current one i was like what <laughs> somewhere so, in there was safety messages and it was so so it's more it's more sort of like a cinematic thing yeah. that they play rather than an actual so as you know where rather than using like the cinematic world to tell the story of safety if you like they, they sort of gone the other way around they've perhaps missed the point perhaps yeah well they, they were um i mean look the safety message was in there but there was so much other guff uh, and stuff like that. Um, as, as this, I'm just seeing a line here in the um, in the Wall Street Journal article of 
from uh, Marx Vivar, a supply chain consultant from Boston, says Delta jumped the shark with its safeties, safeties video and Oscar parody. Uh, yeah, jumping the shark. That's the phrase to use. They've, they've definitely started jumping the shark <laughs> on this one. And uh, if you don't know where that line comes from, it's a reference to a, um, was it, uh, with the Fonz, the ha ha uh, sorry, oh, Happy Days TV yes, show. Yes. In one of the later later seasons when um, they were having arteriosclerosis of the show and it was all getting very boring and, and repeti repetitive, they had the Fonz jump over a shark in a tank in his motorbike. And from since then, the phrase jumping the shark is used to refer to um, <laughs> you've gone too far, guys. Well, I didn't know that. I genuinely didn't know yeah. that. You know, every day is, in fact, a, a school day, even at 2.30 in the morning for some yeah, of us. Too, yeah. <laughs> yes, don't get me started on lecturing. Oh, no, God, no. too late. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. Anyway, on to the next story, then. which Guys. is on the iol.co.za. I'm sorry. Terrified to ask where you even got this. I from. don't know. So the headline: Vintage aircraft armada heading for the Cape. Uh, Travelling these days is easy. We can relax in the comfort of seats, aluminium tube, and fly from Cape Town to Europe in comfort for 12 hours. But it hasn't always been that easy. And in the next month, a bunch of adventurous airmen will be recreating the fledgling efforts of the early trans-African aviators and bringing an armada of historic aircraft from Crete to Stellenbosch. Uh, 13 biplanes dating back to the 1930s, a gaggle of single-engine monoplanes and three helicopters will be undertaking the flight. And while modern technology and communications will make their life easier, it will still be a long haul with the same perils that faced pilots over 80 years ago. Five uh, uh, participants will fly de Havilland legendary Tiger Moths, uh, which is immortalised in popular culture for its roles in the English patient and, uh, film and Out of Africa, and the recent Taylor Swift music video, Wildest Dreams. <laughs> Didn't know that one. Uh, but what little is known is the is importance of history in flight in Africa, as well as an, a, an unsung role in Allied victory in World War II. These and other biplanes were the type of aircraft the avi aviators used to fly in the early years of aviation exploration, and in most cases were little more than powered kites made of wood and canvas. Uh, the route has a historic significance uh, because it recreates the first flights over Africa in the 1920s, used by Imperial Airways from Britain to South Africa, stopping at Empire Outposts en route. Uh, the former route was established in 1931. The chain of airfields was originally created in 1919 by the Royal Air Force and was put into place to ensure the delivery of air mail and passenger services down the length of Africa. Uh, Jeremy Martin uh, of Vintage Air Rally explains the Odyssey will be made as an authentic as possible, although safety will be paramount. And uh, there's a little picture there which Matt can put on the screen there of uh, one of these biplanes, the Tiger Moth, just flying over what looks like rather a nice waterfall, waterfall yeah. the Victoria Falls. Falls yeah, oh, Victoria, Victoria Falls, yeah. yeah. Victoria Falls. Yeah, wow. This is not yeah, too. The is a South African. I was going to say this is um, this is um, this is not far. This is not far from you, uh, Grant. <laughs> Well, you know, given the fact that when we get down close to the poles, the south of the Cape, yeah, uh, it's yeah, South Africa, which is uh, 
yeah, leave Melbourne, head west, head west, head west, head cross west. lots of and, water. There it is. Yeah, and, and and especially for Micah, I think I should just point out that uh, Taylor Swift is a popular music artist. He doesn't uh, know who Taylor Swift to, is. You, no, no, he hasn't said that. I was just being. Re- I, was, oh, okay. I, I was doing a, a "Would I Lie to You," uh, David Mitchell type thing. Oh, okay. It's like you know. For, for oh, those of you who don't right. know who Taylor Swift is, she is a popular music artist. Um, let's say overly popular uh, when I was working in the uh, well, I was working in the hot air ballooning company in the office yes. and uh, the two young ladies who were doing the phones and the, a lot of the admin were Taylor Swift junkies and were, would have the same three songs and in fact at one point it was the same one song on continuous repeat oh how lovely yeah I still twitch when I hear some of them right but, okay uh, and... yeah I, I, I had headphones on and um, way better music playing right um, okay yes yeah. Absolutely. I must admit, I'm very surprised we've managed to get this far through the show without any kind of random um, sort of uh, song titles being thrown no, into No, I know. <laughs> compared from last uh, week. Compared with the, from uh, last week. Be- in the Beatles, yeah. that, mate. <laughs> Beatles references, I think, were being randomly thrown. Yes, they were. Indeed. Yeah. Anyway, on to the next story. It's and a Ryanair it's, story. Yes, absolutely. It's uh, And good news for Ryanair, believe it or not. Now, this is on a website that... Well, it's Travel Daily News, and I I get very nervous as to whether these are spoof sites or not. But uh, anyway, we'll persevere. Uh, 93% of Ryanair customers are satisfied with their flight experience. I have to say... I've usually strange been, tales. Yeah, I know. I know it's always <laughs> hard to believe, isn't it? So, some 93% of responders rated their overall trip very good, good or okay, according to similar ratings for boarding, 88%, crew friendliness, 93%. They must have been on on someone else's flight. Uh, And uh, service on board, 94%. And the range of food and drink, 80%. There's a shock. Ryanair released its Rate My Flight statistics, which show that 93% of surveyed customers were happy with their overall (laughs) flight experience. (laughs) I'm sorry. I have this reaction to surveys and so on where it's like, oh, they're releasing their own survey (laughs) of the passengers that they survey. Yes, yes, the ones that they chose. Absolutely. Uh, We'll persevere regardless. We'll we'll, we'll brave brave it despite that. Over 10,000 specially chosen Ryanair customers, no doubt. Uh, No, so I should read this properly before I get sued. It's over 10,000 customers used the Rate My Flight function on the Ryanair app. Oh, so it's even in the Ryanair app. Oh, come on, guys. Seriously. (laughs) 10,000 rated, and we selected the of the top 100. Yes, this was the result. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. So over 10,000 customers used Rate My Flight function on the Ryanair app in September, ranking their overall experience, boarding crew friendliness, service on board, and range of food and drink on a five-star rating system, ranging from one star for very poor to three stars for okay, and five stars for very good. Some 93% of respondents rated their overall trip as very good, good, or okay so basically ranges from threes fours and fives so that's that's not really trying very hard at all is it um i'm being so horrible this is the same but this is the same app that also links to your frequent flyer number so you want to put it right because otherwise you're going to get you put down the leaves, <laughs> absolutely. Right? Something like that? <laughs> Possibly. Uh, anyway, uh, Rate My Flight is available in Dutch, English, French, German, Italian, Polish and Spanish via the Ryanair app, which can be downloaded from the iTunes and Google Play stores. So, uh, yes, the overall experience basically was 93%. 
Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's not bad. Ryanair's Robin Keeley said, Rate My Flight is the latest digital initiative launched under year three of our always getting better customer experience. Food and drink range. 80%. I have to confess, given the fact that when I do most of the time when I when I'm flying I'm always flying ba- what, what what you guys would call short haul short haul because obviously you don't do long haul on Ryanair do you but um, I must admit it. I'm <laughs> stop it uh, <laughs> I must admit I, I've not actually ever had a but the food's always been nice you know I I questioned the range element to it but you know what's available to you is all right Uh, then they've they've obviously chosen what's easy and you know the the, the items have been chosen to you know sort of be okay to serve to people I I don't know I don't know I'm I'm a bit I'm with Grant on this one I'm a bit concerned that it that the survey you know that, that there's all this noise about a survey that Ryanair took do you know what I mean? Because they're not going to yeah. say they're not going to say that. Oh dear, this is a bit. Po-, you know, if it had said forty percent, they wouldn't have released it, would they? I mean, that's that's well, what it boils that. down to. You know, but, uh, but but I mean, look, look. If you go on, it's, it's there's a mindset to flying on Ryanair, Tiger, um, EasyJet, Jetstar, all that kind of those, those kind of budget carriers. Go on expecting if you know how the system works and you know what you're doing, you're going on for a bus fare. You know, like yeah, yeah you're absolutely. Paying yeah, bugger all money to put it very bluntly to yeah. travel. In, you know, in the stratosphere, at long distance, and getting to these places yeah. very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And if you go in thinking that you're going to get nickel and dimed, you yeah. work the system so that you're yeah. not getting luggage fees and all you that just kind get of clever. stuff. Then, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and you um, just go on it expecting that you're going to have. I mean, if I go on a Tiger Air flight, I know what I'm going to get, and yeah, I'm absolutely. doing that for a reason. And, and, the, and it's normally masochism. Yeah, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> but it, but no, but it is. It, it, they are the buses of the skies. I mean, and and, and yeah. I use that that phrase in a positive way. I mean, they are, they have made uh, air travel to people like me who can't afford really to fly because you know I, it's you know you don't make that much money being a coach driver and um, it's uh, it really is. Um, you know, they're there for a service. And if it weren't for people like them, I probably wouldn't have ever gotten an aircraft, you know, because I can't mm. afford yeah. it. I can't. I wouldn't be able to. If it weren't for the likes of Ryanair and EasyJet, I wouldn't be able to afford to go on holiday. And they're just increasing well, their fleet as well. They've yeah, got loads absolutely. of new aircraft yeah. and stuff coming online. Absolutely. So I know we take the mickey out of them every week, but we yeah. do it in fun. We really do. Because, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. we, we all use the target. Yeah, we, here in the, certainly in the UK, I don't think there's many people who haven't used Ryanair, let's be honest. Hmm. Uh, or EasyJet. I mean, they're. they're I want to try Tiger because they've just gone about how good Tiger Air is. Do they? Yeah. How mm. good Tiger Air yeah. is? Sorry, you're listening to what? Are <laughs> 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 oh, you reading Tiger Air's brochures? All oh, right. I thought, uh, I thought it was PCDU <laughs> sponsored by Tiger Airways. Right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah can you mention Tiger around Steve? He, um, yeah. he carries a grudge. That boy. He's Dutch descendant. He carries a grudge like Yeah. He gets a bit stressed. Look. Yeah. The, 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 people say to me, oh, I remember the good old days when flying was wonderful and." People dressed up and, you know, da-da-da-da-da, you got service, you got space and all that. And I was like, oh, was that when it was like five times more expensive to go between Melbourne and Sydney as it is now? Yes. Yeah, and indeed, the yes, average yeah. family had to save for a year to do one flight a year? Yeah, yeah. Was that when mm-hmm. it was? Because yeah. if you want that, you can get it right now. And yeah, it's yeah. called pay for business, you tight buckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, I joined the lounge because uh, with Virgin because it's good to have a space that I can go to and get some work done and nibble mm-hmm. and all that before a flight. Yeah. Um, you know, if you want to get what we used to have 
back in the, even just the 80s, the yeah. ni- early 90s, then pay a premium economy, pay business. Yeah, yeah And you're going to yeah. pay t- yeah. double what you're paying and, now. And you're, you're paying the kind stuff. of prices that you're talking about. You know, you are paying yeah. that kind mm-hmm. of money now. You know, but to, but for people like me, you know, Mr. Joe Schmo, who's you know got a yeah, you need to blag your way into into business. That's how you do it. Well, I only ever fly via Ryanair. I don't think well, I don't think they have a business class section. No, they they have a business <laughs> class fare, plus fare. <laughs> well, that's true. Yes, hmm. okay, yeah. But uh, anyway, but, but basically, yeah, you want it, you pay for it. And yeah. please don't keep talking to me about how good it used to be right. without pulling your wallet yeah, out. No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, because you can buy that. You can still have it like that. And yeah. people, you know, that everyone dresses up and you can, you can, you know, because they're all in suits because they're they're flying a business class, you know. <laughs> but yeah. uh, yes, anyway, on to the next uh, story. Last this is story. The, this is for Grant. This is the last is story, yeah. Mm. Oh, you've got another one close to home. It's with Australian <laughs> Aviation, one of my favourite aviation magazines. Is it actually okay, favorite. this one? Is this one an okay magazine? Well, this is this is about Cafe Pacific. Oh, you know, Australian Aviation is a good magazine. Okay, good. And not just because I've appeared within its pages, but um, okay. Oh, <laughs> shameless plug. Oh, here we go. Yeah, no, no, no. It's uh, it's been one of our favourite magazines since we started the uh, okay. started the aviation show. Cool. And um, yeah, I know Gerard, the managing editor. He's he's a very cool guy, and a lot of really good people work for this. And there's it's a good magazine. It's 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 a good one to read, and mm-hmm. highly recommend it. Um, there's a number of good aviation magazines in this country. Who knew? But yeah. um, <laughs> and all free yeah, advertising, please, to Grant McCarran at PCDU. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, something like that. Yes. <laughs> why? Why not? But uh, this one's cool. This is about a local airline, Cafe Pacific, flies uh, New Zealand's first Airbus A350-900 service. Uh, I've got friends flying with Cafe, but unfortunately they're not on the A350 yet, but I look forward to hearing about it from them. Um, so uh, Cafe Pacific has operated the first scheduled Airbus A350-900 flight to New Zealand with CX-197, touching down at Auckland Airport a few minutes before 1300, excuse me, local time on Friday. There we go. The inaugural A350 service, operated by B-LRC, the, that's the tail number for you rego spotters, departed Hong Kong on Thursday night and covered the roughly 4,500 nautical mile journey in a little over 10 hours. Powered by two Rolls-Royce Trent XWB engines, the aircraft was on the ground for about two hours before departing at 1500 local time as the reciprocal CX-198 back to Hong Kong. One World Alliance member had an all-Kiwi crew in the flight deck for the inaugural service with Chief Pilot Airbus Gavin, uh, Captain Gavin Hazelmore and Senior Captain Colin Davis at the controls of BLRC for the flight to Auckland. So that's interesting, Cathay Pacific with an all-Kiwi crew, um, clearly one of the airlines that uh, takes pilots from all around the world. Um, in a significant boost to the passenger experience, the A350-900 replaces the older A340-300s that Cathay previously had on the route. Uh, they've got 280 seats, 38 business, 28 premium economy, and 214 in sardine economy class. Uh, feature the airline's latest cabin products such as onboard Wi-Fi, new premium economy seat, and refreshed business and economy seats. In particular, the aircraft features Cathay's innovative six-way headrest in economy designed to make it easier for passengers to sleep. Mate, unless it goes horizontal, you're not sleeping. I'm sorry. It's very hard to sleep <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sitting upright. But, um, yeah, it talks about an official welcoming ceremony. And, um, yeah, uh, just looking for anything else in the article. Uh, yeah, so good to see Cafe Pacific uh, operating the A350-900. We've had a few A350s operating here in Australia. Um, I was lucky enough to uh, be on one of the route-proving ones. I didn't actually get to fly on it. A friend of mine did, but uh, I was uh, with Airbus called us up and asked if we would uh, shoot video for them 
of the aircraft's arrival and departure in Sydney mm -hmm. and then again in Perth a couple of weeks later. Very impressive aircraft and a rather distinctive nose. Um, some people say it looks a little blunt, but uh, I don't know. I think it's quite a nice-looking aircraft. I think we said before it looks like uh, like a um, Zorro. It looks like it's got a Zorro <laughs> yeah, mask yeah. on. Ah, yeah, no fair With the way the, win uh, yeah. the cockpit windows yeah. come back down on the side. Yeah. 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 Do you think, yeah, it's a Zorro mask. I, I must say what's very exciting also is that, uh, and it's refreshing when it's an aviation magazine that we're reading this from, uh, well done for putting the right pictures with the right story as well. Mm -hmm. that's, that's very exciting. Oh, come on. I, I, I would be more surprised if these guys didn't. Right. Um, yeah, well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. That, yeah. No, I know. Yeah. It's just uh, it's, it's 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 a bit of a bit of a favourite hobby of uh, of Nev, who uh, quite often um, uh, he, he he looks out for these stories, doesn't he? The legend that is Nev, he's he's always looking for these stories. It's uh, it's uh, and the worrying thing is, is it appears it's infrequently. Sorry, it is very frequently the wrong picture that yeah. goes with the story. I but mean, not these guys. Oh, oh, As yeah. Grant said, they're professional yeah. guys. Absolutely. One would expect that with news.com.au, the Mirror, the Telegraph, all that kind of stuff. I mean, we, we, we um, at, at PCDU, we started the Blowmaster Awards oh. um, ever, ever since a Channel 7 down here in Melbourne were covering Avalon Air Show. And despite being given extensive paperwork by uh, media liaisons and not, you know, clearly not having access to Google, they referred to the uh, C-17 transport as not the Globemaster 3, but the Blowmaster. Oh, no, <laughs> no. There was a lady pilot from the U.S. Air Force on and they were interviewing her, and instead of having Captain Whatever, C-17 pilot, they, they didn't even have her rank. They just had her name, Blowmaster Pilot. <laughs> that image That's we threw up on our, on our um, Facebook feed and just said, this is why mainstream media should not be allowed to do um, cover aviation <laughs> reporting mm, you know, indeed. Uh, without escorts and so on. And unfortunately for the poor lady in question, it went viral. We didn't realize yeah. it would. Yeah. And uh, had hundreds of thousands of hit, hits, and I, let's just say she has a new handle. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, and I can only imagine what that is. Anyway, that's where uh, we bring our commercial aviation section to a close for this week. I think what we're going to do now, if that's all right with everyone, is it's time to welcome our um, our house-trained... What are you doing? Sorry, I'm just waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hogging your camera You as are well. hogging my camera, yeah, absolutely. It's time to welcome on board our... Um, our um, I've lost... That's all right, it's nobody panic. Stop it. <laughs> it's time to welcome our resident house-trained pilot. You can do that. Yeah, no, I can do that. Yeah, you know, he's house, he's house trained and everything. It's really good. Uh, it's, oh wow! Uh, so, yeah. so we've got uh, a segment from. Uh, yeah, we've got a segment Pitt. from Pilot Pit. Now, basically, uh, <laughs> as you'll hear when it first starts, I don't think he was quite sure what he was going to talk about uh, when he first started, which uh, actually adds to the charm of this particular uh, piece. So, uh, brace yourself, boys and girls. Uh, I haven't seen this yet, so yeah, this is absolutely news for me. here. We go. There's a little bit of video as well. Uh, so, if you are watching All on right. YouTube, then make sure you are. But um, okay, here we go. Plane safety from the flight deck with Pilot Pip. Hey everyone, it's Pip here with a very impromptu spare of the moment segment. In fact, I really don't know what I'm going to talk about. I'm sitting here on the aircraft, on an empty aircraft in uh, Munich, Munich International Airport. And wow, what a day it's been already. Uh, we've just diverted here. Uh, we couldn't get into uh, a small airfield near uh, Munich. Uh, it was all fogged out, 
and we couldn't get in so we uh, ended up holding for a bit uh, making more approaches and um, generally being messed around and eventually we had to uh, divert here into Munich um, but that's not where the problems end because now oh good lord I don't know where we're going we're meant to be going to Farnborough but now it looks like they want to change it to Gatwick sorry I'm just getting uh, emails being sent to me as I speak yes we're now going to Gatwick instead which actually is remarkably good luck because uh, I'm actually off on my holidays to uh, to France this evening so that means I can jump on the same flight out of Gatwick as uh, my wife and kids so that's rather good anyway one of those days everything's happening all at once I'm just sitting here waiting for the fuel truck to uh, arrive so we can put a bit of the old motion lotion on and get out of here uh, unfortunately we've got to wait for another hour uh, before the first slot outbound slot is available so it's going to be pretty tight for our passengers who are uh, actually connecting on a, onto a, a commercial flight out of Gatwick so why they didn't go to Gatwick in the first place I don't know but anyway that's why we get paid the big bucks I suppose and you know I was just sitting here actually I was just plugging in my microphone and a, a Lufthansa Technic van pulled up next to the aircraft and a guy uh, jumped out and was looking at me so I went out down the steps and uh, said hi how you doing and he says ah oh, yeah 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 can I can I ask you a personal question I was like well yes I suppose and he says yeah uh, my my son he collects safety cards I was like, oh, all right, okay, what, you'd like, uh, you want to know if we can spare a safety card for you? And uh, he said, yeah, yeah. I said, oh, yeah, of course, we've, we've got loads of safety cards, plenty of spare ones. So uh, I was very happy to give this guy uh, one of our safety cards, you know, the sort of standard safety cards which tell you how to brace and how to open the doors and all the rest of it. And I was just chatting to him, and he says his son's got over 1,700 of these safety cards from various airlines around the world and various aircraft types. Oh, wow, amazing, what a great hobby, collecting safety cards. Uh, anyhow, what's that? It's a Lufthansa A320 with the sharklets taxiing past, very nice. You can probably hear all sorts of noises in the background. So I'm sitting here in the cockpit just waiting for the fuel, uh, wondering what I can talk about. I think, you know what, I'm going to talk about this. Have a listen to this noise, see if you can work out what it is. Sounds a bit pneumatic, doesn't it? It's actually the oxygen mask, the Eros oxygen mask uh, for the pilots that we have. So obviously we've got uh, two of these on the side of the, the cockpit wall here, these quick donning masks. And these are great. If I take it out of its little pouch, I'll see if I can uh, send a picture or even a little bit of video for the guys to to put up on the uh, on the on the YouTube while I'm talking about this. So these are the quick donning masks which we will put on in the event of a depressurization or any sort of smoke or fumes in the cockpit. And there's a really a very very good mask. It's an all-in-one face mask and goggles. So you don't have to worry about putting on a separate pair of goggles. Oh, I can see a fuel truck approaching. I may have to pause here. Uh, and what you do if you need it, so if there's any smell of, of smoke or fumes or you get a sudden depressurization, you just whip this uh, whip this thing out of its little holder comes out very quickly you press these two little red triggers here that hopefully I'm showing you on the video and you'll see this uh, these uh, inflatable straps on the back inflate and you can just pop it over your head and then you let go and it tightens and it grips onto your head like this but as you can hear 
as you can hear, talking with one of these things on is almost impossible. There's actually a little uh, microphone inside the inside the thing. So there's a little switch down on the dashboard here. You can turn the hot mic from the normal position into the emergency position, which turns on the uh, the microphone in the Eros mask. Now, bear with me a second. I'm going to have to pause this because the fuel truck's just turned up. Right, uh, sorry about that. I just had to leap out and turn the, the fuel panel system on. Uh, so now the, the driver, the fuel truck guy, can uh, plug in the, whatever it is, the hose into the center point refueling at the back, and it will automatically just fill up the, uh, the tanks to the desired level. Super simple. So back to this oxygen mask. Again, hopefully I've got a video here for you. It's a very quick, very good bit of kit. It's got a couple of switches on the bottom here. It's got uh, one big red switch, which is normal, N for normal, or 100%. And what that does, in the normal position... Oh, my phone's going again. In the normal position, uh, it's allowing in cabin diluted air. So as well as breathing the oxygen that's coming through from the oxygen cylinders, it's also diluting it with the cabin air. But really what you want in the case of uh, smoke and fumes will be the 100% position which means it's supplying just pure 100% oxygen out of the cylinders so that's that then the other switch is the emergency switch it's a little toggle switch here there's an emergency position which you need to uh, sort of rotate the switch round through about 40 degrees into the emergency position and if I do that you'll hear this it actually sends out a continuous flow of oxygen under pressure so normally in the normal position, in the non-emergency position, when you put the mask on, you won't get any oxygen until you take in a breath and suck in some oxygen. But in the emergency position, you're getting a constant flow. It's being forced uh, into, your, uh, you know, into your face, into your lungs. Uh, and you can't really feel that when you, you try it on the ground, but up at altitude, when the cabin altitude is much, much uh, higher, or the air density is lower, then you'll really uh, feel that um, that air coming in under pressure. And you'll use that, you know, if you get a rapid decompression up at high altitude, you'll want it in the 100% and emergency position to get the best use out of it. And you'll also, in that case, want to get it on very, very quickly indeed. As you know, uh, up at high altitudes, the time of useful consciousness really isn't very long at all. Talking a matter of uh, seconds, 10, maybe 15 seconds. It would depend a lot on the individual, their fitness and all the rest of it. But if you get a rapid decompression up at 40,000 feet or so, the time of useful consciousness, uh, you know, the period of time you've got where you can uh, keep control of your faculties, move around, do useful work is really a very, very brief period of time. So you need to get the oxygen mask on very rapidly to ensure that you're able to, you know, do all the stuff you need to do. Um, well, there we go. That's about all I've got to say about uh, oxygen masks, the Eron oxygen masks, the Eros oxygen masks. Uh, there's a little note here on the front of it that says, Beards will not seal. Now, that's quite interesting. I know in uh, FAA land, you're not allowed to have a full face beard, precisely because of this reason, because uh, you won't get a tight seal around the, the oxygen mask. Uh, but actually, it's quite okay in Europe land to have a full beard. Uh, obviously, Captain Nick has, a, has his... Uh, has his pirate beard, his Captain Birdseye beard, and I don't think it's a big problem at all. Uh, anyway, that's all for me. I've uh, I need to get on. Got very busy. I've got to get set this flight up now to uh, to Gatwick. Uh, we'll be leaving in about well, hopefully less than an hour because I want to make my airline as well.
Oh, and that's the fuel just reaching the desired level as well. Super duper. So, until next time, folks, uh, take care, have fun, speak to you all again soon. Bye. And there was Pip just taking off. Wow, he included that as well. Well done, Pip. Thanks very much for your segment this week, Pip. It was nice to have the uh, video in there as well mm, this yeah, week. Absolutely. That was quite interesting. Yeah. He's finally realised we do video every it's, week. It's nice, <laughs> nice, to see where, uh, nice to see where Pip uh, or yeah. Pip's office looks like. Yeah, sat in he's, the cockpit uh, there. Yes, yeah, his daily office. So, yeah, hope you all enjoyed that. Um, segment from Pip this week. Don't forget, you can uh, find Pip over at the Plane Safety Podcast yep. over on iTunes uh, and over at planesafetypodcast.com. Mm. And uh, hopefully, uh, fingers crossed, I think Pip will be releasing a new episode this week. So uh, mm. get yourselves over and download that. Indeed. Yes. Okay. Right. So on to the next bit. It's time to do a little bit of military. So if everyone is ready, I'm ready to go. And over over there in 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 foreign parts. Still alive, still here. Splendid. Still well done. <laughs> still bravo, there. bravo. Let's go. <laughs> so the first news story this week on the RT.com website and uh, the headline china russia today yeah russia yeah. today yeah, yeah rt uh, china to display fifth generation j20 stealth fighter at an air show uh, there's a picture here matt will put that up in a moment uh the new j20 stealth fighter will uh, jet will be the main attraction at the upcoming oh here we go Zalhai. <laughs> I hope I pronounced that right. I'm so glad you're doing this. Zalhai. Zalhai. <laughs> air show alongside uh, with several new aircraft to join the Chinese Air Force, which has been a very active uh, recently as U.S. military presence in the region grows. China's People's Liberation Army Air Force, the PLAAF, has announced for the very first public appearance of the new generation aircraft at the uh, week-long 11th China International Aviation and Aerospace Exhibition starting this Tuesday in Zhuhai. Uh, the production of the J-20 is going on according to the plan and it will enter service in the near future, helping to safeguard sovereignty and national security, according to the PLAAF spokesman Shen Jingye. Uh, three JF-17 Thunders from the Pakistani Air Force will also take part in the air show, the spokesman said, and the jet uh, uh, was developed jointly by China, Pakistan, and its Chinese designation is the Chengdu FC-1 Zailong. And I really hope my pronunciation's <laughs> right there. Again, delighted you're doing the story. China considers, uh, <laughs> China considers the uh, J-20 to be what is known as the West's as a fifth-generation jet fighter. The U.S. is currently the only country with fifth-generation jets in combat service, namely the F-22 and F-35. Russia, China and Japan have flyable prototypes of fifth-generation uh, jets and several more countries worldwide are developing such military aircraft. Beijing showed off another fifth-generation prototype, the Shenyang J-31, at the previous 2014 Zhuhai Air Show. 
the new Zion Y-20 military transport aircraft, which was introduced in July, will also perform a demonstration flight at the air show. The Shang... 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 Blimey, this is really... This is, this is hard stuff. KJ-500 Airborne Early Warning AEW Aircraft, the Chengdu J-10B Multirole Fighter, and the Yang Zai... It's actually, I think that's Xi'an. Xi'an, um, thank you. Yeah, XI, I believe, is uh, Xi kind of sound. Uh, Beg your pardon. So that's Shanxi. <laughs> no, I knew I should have um, given a story to Gran. <laughs> <laughs> Good God! Excellent. Outdone out by the Aussies again. I'm just, I'm just loving, I'm just We're loving closer. the fact that you've got this story. I know. Uh, <laughs> so China sees air superiority as one of the key means to strengthen its presence in the East Asian region. Beijing has been showing quite a bit of muscle lately, dispatching one of its larger uh, air yes. fleets near Okinawa in, see, I can pronounce that, in September. Analysts believe this saber rattling to be aimed at Japan, which vowed to beef up military presence in the disputed South China Sea. Um, and this is probably I uh, one of the air show. I wouldn't mind going to this air show. Obviously, it's going to not going to be any you know good for me. But um, it'd be nice to go to this air show just to see this jet. There we go. I put the picture on mm. the uh, YouTube feed for those of you guys watching live in the YouTube chat room. Be able to see a picture of this jet here. Mm. It could, uh, yeah. It looks like a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm having to say. Uh, what What do you think of this one, Grant? Uh, look, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, look. Uh, China are doing a lot of work on their uh, their fifth gen. They're sort of uh, generally held to be at fourth and a half gen. The, uh, they need to do some work <laughs> on their engines. Uh, and, oh, look, fourth and a half gen can also refer to the Silent Eagle, the F-15, which has some low observables and lessons learned from um, stealth aircraft applied to a, a, a fourth gen aircraft airframe, so it becomes fourth and a half gen. Um, I understand that the engines that the Chinese are using um, produce a lot of smoke and aren't quite as, uh, like, I'll put it bluntly, sexy, powerful, and, and effective as those found on the F-22, things like that. But, uh, look, China, by hook or by crook, has managed to get a whole lot of information. They've done a lot of their own work. They've also, uh, there's been a lot of reports of industrial espionage and, um, and gathering information from around the world in various ways. Uh, but they're applying a lot of, a lot of knowledge. And... Sure, they've only just started in some areas, but uh, as we've seen with China, where they they, they um, take some information, they take some some technology and some knowledge, and they just keep applying it and improving it and throwing some money and time and people at it, and great things come out of it eventually. So, don't write off the um, the Chinese. I mean, it's it's early days yet, but some of these aircraft are pretty amazing, and to see the progress they've been making. In various areas, uh, the, the, the the saber rattlings, uh, the, the South China Seas and the Spratly Islands and various areas, uh, the Australians are joining the the Americans and in sending a number of uh, aircraft and ships through the area and saying, hey, we're in international waters, international airspace, and there's there's Chinese voices on the radio saying, no, you go away now, and things like that. Uh, you know, no one's identifying themselves as being officially from any military or on the, on the Chinese side, but it gets interesting, and there's a little bit of tension up that way. Mm. So um, quite fascinating to see what's being developed. Uh, I think, yeah, this could be an interesting air show for Carlos to attend, <laughs> not just because he would uh, learn how to say Zhu Hai uh, <laughs> you know, and Xi'an and things like that. And you wait, Grant. Next time you're Chengdu. on the show, you're getting all the extremely <laughs> hard stories. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, one of those. Joys, joys of being 
It has to be. It has to be said, though. Of course, uh, of late. I mean, uh, I mean, I know. Was it last week or the week before? It might even have been the week before. And uh, of course, you've got uh, all these. Um, you've got all the warships merrily, you know, waking. Oh yeah, the Russian sort warships. Of busy, yeah. Sort of going past us, you know, requesting like refueling stops in Spain and coming right down the bottom of, of our, our sort of south coastline with. Um, yeah, because airboats weren't smoky at all. No, no, no. They were very mm. clean burning. Absolutely, they weren't worried about their carbon footprint, were they? No. <laughs> but um, yeah, this was. Uh, it's, uh, it's uh, I mean, I think it's safe to say that the Royal Navy have had a couple of busy weeks really following these things. But, I mean, I, I don't know where they're going with them. I mean, is it, are they just literally sort of marking their territory? I mean, is that what a lot of this is all about, all this sort of tub-thumping? And I don't know. It's, it just makes me a bit nervous, you know. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't well, know. I mean, if, if the only thing you ever do is fly in your own airspace and sail in your own oceans your own areas, you're not going to get the experience that going to overseas ports gets you and, and sailing around. So there's a bit of that. There's a bit of familiarization, route proving, exercising their rights within international waters and ports and things like that. And there's also posturing and preparation. And yeah. it's, it's you know, the aircraft flying right up to and then turning away from the airspace. Mm. Uh, and it's not just, you know, you get a lot of press going, oh, the Russians are doing this. Yeah, guess what? I mean, yeah. It's not uncommon for European and um, American forces to do the same kind of thing. I don't you know, think the, we're quite so blatant about it, though, are we? I mean, uh, just... <laughs> the Americans have been known to uh, have uh, Elant operated, you know, like uh, signals intelligence aircraft flying right on the border, very close to the border of international airspace around yeah. the time that people in all, you know, Korea and China and so on are doing exercises, <laughs> things <laughs> yeah, like that. You know, doing, it's yeah. uh, right. this is the thing. Okay. I, I, I mean, everyone's doing it. It's just that the, the press these days are making out that it's all the other guys. No, and a, yes, there is a step up from it. And yes, the Russians yeah. are doing more. Yeah. And yeah, there's probably some, some, you know, hey, look, I'm bigger than you, so to speak. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, look at the line I can reach and all this kind of stuff yeah. that's going on. <laughs> now, um, now, what are we talking about? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, moving swiftly yeah, on. Okay, yeah, Fostering. Fostering, that's it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Now, moving swiftly on. To the I mean, next, course, no, 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 oh, I love this next story. Okay, yeah. Cool. No, no, it's just, yeah, I suppose it's, uh, you know, the, the, I suppose when the Americans do it, they just call it reconnaissance, don't they? As where if it's yeah. uh, if the Russians are doing it, they're making, uh, you know, they're busy sort of, you know, tub-thumping and it's, making a lot of noise. It's challenging. It's yeah, cha- yeah it's, it's confrontational. Yes. And indeed. it all just depends. You know, you read the Russian articles and it's talking about American confrontational, whereas we're just for, uh, exercising our reconnaissance and our international Yeah, abs- quite right, absolutely. And that's perfectly okay. Anyway, before Carlos explodes, we'll move on to the next story. And, uh, <laughs> Which is yours. And I never really understand why he gives me a picture story, seeing as I'm the one that puts the pictures up yeah. on the screen. Yeah. Honestly, one day he will learn. Well, we'll put the pictures up in a bit. Will we? We'll get the story done first. (laughs) Right, okay, while you talk about the story. This story is awesome because it is something that I would love if I had a big enough garden. Yeah, so this is the Herald Scotland uh, is the website. And uh, basically, to cut a long story short, uh, it's the f- a former RAF Sea King has been transformed into a holiday home. Now, wow. surely, can, can you not rent it and go and stay in it rather than actually own one? I mean, it'd save you a few quid, wouldn't it? Yes. Anyway, a former Royal Navy search and rescue helicopter has returned to service as an unusual holiday home. Stir- uh, Sterling farmer Martin Steedman and his wife Louise bought the Sea King in an online auction in March and have spent nearly £40,000 from start to finish converting it into a glamping accommodation. The couple's idea 
for the com uh, conversion came during the Sea King's final fly passed over the Stirling earlier this year, which marked the end of active service for the entire fleet. The 55-foot-long helicopter has retired from active service in 1994, but was then used in naval training until 2002. In April, it made its final 320-mile journey by road from Grantham, Lincolnshire, to its new home at Mains Farm, Mains Farm Wigwams, situated on the outskirts of the village of Thornhill near Stirling. The aircraft's exterior has been fully restored with its new owners retaining and restoring many of the Sea King's original features because obviously you need a winch when you're parked on the ground. The interior of the helicopter has been transformed into a holiday home that sleeps a family of six with a double and a triple bed uh, with a double and a triple bed as well as a single bed in the tail the curved walls have been insulated wood panelled and painted which gives the inside the look of an upturned hull of the upturned hull of a boat the focal point is the cockpit where guests can enjoy panoramic views over the sterling countryside the flight deck is refitted with swivel chairs and a table painted with an RAF roundel uh, and all the original lighting has been retained and restored. Many of the Sea King's original features have been retained except for the sonar station, oh. which was removed and donated to the Helicopter Museum in Western Supermare to make way for a shower room and a mini kitchen. I so want to go and stay in this. This sounds, <laughs> this sounds absolutely amazing. Mrs. Stearman said that it all started with the Sea King's uh, with the Sea Kings being decommissioned and we saw them on the telly uh, flying around Scotland doing their farewell tour and we said it would be great to have one. I thought he was joking at first but Martin said that he had put, it, put a bid in uh, and it was a bit like, uh, bit, like, um, bit like an auction on eBay. I thought there's no way that we're ever going to get a, get a helicopter. And then he came through saying no one else had bid against him so we realised we'd got a Sea King helicopter. <laughs> I want to know how much it cost him. Does it say how much it cost him? Did it say at the beginning? I can't remember. Anyway, so we bought a helicopter. Forty thousand pounds. Yeah, absolutely. Forty thousand. No, that forty thousand pounds. That was that was including the refurb. I think though. No, that includes was, the refurb. Yeah, absolutely. So we've that's got some pictures to put yeah, up on so the we're screen. A, we're going to have a go at this. So see how well this. this this works. I mean, so look at, take a look at this, guys. This is I love so decking cool. at the front. Yes. Yeah, so uh, if you want to uh, look at this, if you are listening to the audio version of this show, www.heraldscotland.com. And then if you put in their search engine, their RAF Seeking, I'll you, tell should, you, what, you should find this story. It's not going to rust, is it? Uh, well, I'd hope not. Uh, the oh, inside look at looks amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's got double and triple beds with a single bed in the, in the, uh, in the tail, which yeah, is for those just you, amazing. Uh, for those yeah. listening to the audio I love podcast. The Get yourselves over to YouTube yeah, and, uh, and yeah. see this part. Yeah, as I say, get yourselves over to YouTube and uh, and find it. Or as I say, if you that want to look at the gallery so directly, it's heraldscotland.com. The bathroom looks search. huge. It does look absolutely massive. I mean, this is a seeking helicopter. Yeah, I don't know. I just I just didn't think it would have that much space in it. You know, it's, oh, it's Once a, you take out all the stuff related to, you know, keeping it in the air and mission equipment and seating for, because uh, I used to use them for yeah. bringing soldiers in, you know, and... Commandos and so on. You take all that stuff out, and they're quite large inside you. They are indeed. I absolutely love this thing. And whilst uh, whilst you're reading the next story, um, Grant, uh, Carlos is going to find out how much it is to stay in one for the night because th that is something <laughs> that that I definitely. Oh, they've even kept the the instrument, instrument panel. Instrument panels, yeah, are still absolutely. There. Oh, oh, this is wow. just brilliant. 
I love this. I love this. What a brilliant. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine being being a you know the, a child like we see the picture there? You yeah. Know, being the son or daughter of yeah. the, of, of the mum and dad that own absolutely. You know, oh, do you want to come around my house tonight? Yeah. yeah well, where's your house? Well, it's that Sea King helicopter just down the end of the garden. If there, I'm brutally know. honest, I'm not at all. I, I I would actually be not at all surprised if Mr. Warner immediately went out and got one and did something. Yeah. Well, me, me and uh, me and Mr. Warner <laughs> did. We 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 have discussed this earlier, and oh, right. uh, we both agreed that uh, we would probably end up being divorced okay uh, right. if, yeah, we, yeah. if we got what, this what from so, each other um, i didn't realize you were married <laughs> it's that bromance thing <laughs> yeah it is absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah but i mean uh, uh, what a wonderful conversion i mean i mean it's sad obviously that the this aircraft isn't still in service but what a wonderful and innovative way of sort of you know, oh, that's it, cool. Oh, I like that. I like Absolutely, that. yeah. So, sorry, this is the picture in the cockpit. If you are looking at these pictures online at the same time, they, this is the cockpit, and they put some swivel chairs and stuff in there, so you can see that. In fact, that's a stunning view, isn't it? Actually, front uh, Jennifer in the chat room has said that, uh, you know, it should, should we'd rather have an air, aircraft um, as a as a holiday home. Well, yes, I know, but it's just, you know, it's still awesome. <laughs> obviously, obviously, yeah. I made, uh, I made the Michael comment. suggested that maybe you should start with a garden gnome, Carlos, and work your way up from there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean I mean I've got a garage, you know, I've, yeah. I have got a garage. I mean that is my man cave yeah. area. So, man cave. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and technically the office in the house is my area because it has my aviation that stuff in. Yeah, so, yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, what a great story and uh, as I say I'd love I we'll have to find out how much it is to go and stay in this place. Yeah. And uh, and, and see if we can go and do a show from there or something that would just be amazing. <laughs> So the last story is, uh, well, it's, funnily enough, it's one just for you, Grant. Is it? I, I know, I know. And it's yes. all about the RAF KC-30A aerial tanker, the uh, Airbus MRTT, uh, conducts first air refueling with Singapore's F-16D plus Falcon. Uh, I should know about this one because a friend of mine, I think, helped put the uh, the article together. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. the, the, well, the, the, the release, the release yeah. from the um, from the RAF, the yeah. release, but... Uh, this is on airforcetechnology.com, and uh, the Royal Australian Air Force has completed the first air-to-air refueling mission between a KC-30A multi-role tanker transport, the MRTT, and a Republic of Singapore Air Force F-16D Plus Falcon. Uh, the air-to-air refueling mission required both aircraft to fly at high speed and close formation, and during, which is often the case when you're doing air-to-air refueling, but uh, with jets. But um, <laughs> do, uh, during a week-long series of trials, KC-30A made 49 contacts and transferred more than 35,000 litres of fuel. Uh, number 35 Squadron Leader Michael List said the F-16D Plus is refueled from the KC-30A's Advanced Refueling Boom System, the ARBS, which is controlled by the air refueling operator. Now, out of interest, if you've ever seen a photo or video of the flight deck of the KC-30s, uh, the pilots are sitting north front, face forwards, just like in a normal Airbus uh, A330, and then behind them, facing backwards, you've got the boomer, the uh, refueling operator, and he sits at a console where he has uh, this stereo vision. You put the glasses on, just like you're at a 3D movie, and it gives you stereo vision of uh, from a couple of cameras in the back so that you can actually guess get depth perception when you're operating the boom. It's quite oh, fascinating. Wow. Um, and they've got two pods on the wings for uh, for probe and drogue refueling. So uh, the KC-30 is being very popular in the Middle East uh, region uh, for the operations over there because it'll refuel pretty much any aircraft, boom, probe and drogue, the whole works. Uh, carries a uh, rather large amount of fuel, shall we say, uh, and can just sit on station for ages, uh, moves around as required, 
uh, they'll listen in and they'll go to where the guys are to actually get the fuel to them rather than having them all come back to where the tank is orbiting. So they're, they're proving very popular. Uh, so it's and something that the Aussies are going to be doing with it soon is turning it into a Link 16 node, which will help it um, rebroadcast Link 16 messages and relay them and so on, which is, Link 16 is one of the main um, technical communication systems mm. between uh, coalition aircraft. Lovely. So it's a way of, uh, of transferring information without having to use voice. You can, yeah. For instance, on, on the F-18s, you can say, okay, shoot your missile at that guy, I'll shoot your missile at this guy, that kind of thing. <laughs> So just it's pretty. It's crazy stuff, isn't it? I, I just. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 uh, we're reaching a point, aren't we? Really, really, perhaps where you know, I mean, you don't actually necessarily have to send humans in at all, really, nowadays, and may, maybe that's not a bad thing. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I get with something as as like air to area fueling. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got to be precise. Yeah, you know, absolutely. This is something that um, well, we saw. We saw actually we saw the refueling aircraft. Um, that was at Riyadh, I think mm. we saw this year, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, with uh, with their refueling tanker and stuff there, that was pretty amazing seeing mm. that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, Jonathan Warner is your man if you want to know any more about uh, about yeah, uh, uh, anything to do with military. Yes, absolutely. Who so has a horrible place to live? I noticed. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He has a horrible place in the UK to live. Does yeah. Mr. Warner? Yeah, absolutely. Very long way away from a certain <laughs> a yeah. certain airfield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yes. Anyway, so we have some feedback. We do indeed. Do we not, Mr. Yes, Smith? we do. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you'd like to introduce it, I, I'll get it queued up. So yeah, we have had uh, some feedback. Uh, who, who's the first feedback? From? Uh, we've got uh, we've got two pieces of feedback. We've got some from the lovely Jenny in Rome, and we've yes. also got some from Mr. Towler as we well. We have so. from Glenn Towler. Yes, yeah, we do. Absolutely. So uh, if you're ready, then boys and girls, here we go. Hello, this is Jenny in Rome. First of all, I wanted to say how great last week's show was. That was really good fun. I was listening to it again on the podcast and ended up laughing out loud walking down the street, so looking a bit stupid there, but anyway, I guess I'm not the only one that does that. Anyway, on Sunday, I went off to visit the Air Force Museum, which is just north of Rome, near Lake Bracciano, um, a place called Vigna di Valle, and this is a, a great museum. It's on the side of the lake. It used to be in, have seaplanes landing and taking off from there. And now they've built, they have four hangars with, oh, I think about 50 or 60 aircraft in total, so there's quite a lot to see. Um, if you go to the website www.italianways, or one word, .com, there's some good pictures of uh, some of the planes that are there. And if you go to Wikipedia, the English Wikipedia page on it, there's also a list of all the, all the aircraft. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. What I liked the best was, though, in the very first hangar, they had a, like a Wright Brothers plane. I think it was the number four, the fourth one produced. And it was amazing to sort of get up close and actually look at the thing. And with its two like seats you might, have found, you might find on a bus. And you thought, oh my goodness, how on earth did they actually dare to fly in this thing? Anyway, that was, it was very, very interesting to, to see that. And apart from the planes, there was lots of sort of memorabilia and um, personal effects and engines and all sorts of things. Plus, there was a, an opportunity to sit down at a certain point, which I much appreciated too. And there was a video, a 30-minute video on the Italian equivalent of the Red Arrows. They're called the uh, 
tricolour arrows and, and that was great to, to watch as well. Anyway, I had a very good day. One of the things on the, that website I told you, I found there was a good, uh, a good story that um, in one of the hangars, and it's the Troster hangar, I'm reading from the website now, um, is uh, they talk about one of the uh, champions of the First World War, one of the Italian aces, um, they, did, they defined an ace as a fighter pilot who had shot down at least five enemy airplanes from close range. And um, this champion was called Francesco Baracca, and he was credited with 34 air war combat successes. Although he's, he's quoted here as saying, I aim for the aircraft, not the man. Um, he was born in Ravenna. Um, he died, uh, he was shot in the temple and died on June the 19th in 1918 while flying over the Austro-Hungarian trenches um, near Treviso. However, his emblem was a black prancing horse, which his mother then bestowed to Enzo Ferrari in 1923 as a good luck charm. And Ferrari made it the symbol of, um, of the Ferrari cars. Anyway, he took off, uh, Baraka took off for his last flight on a, a Spad S8, which is on display inside the, the Troster hangar. And um, so there we are. Anyway, uh, that was a really good visit. It takes about two hours to see it, and it's got a cafe uh, there to have a, a snack and a, a small shop with uh, postcards and things. Well, that's all for now. Bye. Hello, Carlos and Matt, and all the other APG uh, plane talking listeners. It's Glenn here from New Zealand with some feedback. Just been watching on the Twitter about this uh, 767 aborted takeoff and fire on the runway. Interesting to see on the video that someone shot of a passenger evacuating the aircraft with their carry on bags. <laughs> well,. What a surprise. Yeah, the aircraft's on fire. <laughs> Tons of fuel going up in smoke and there's people worrying about their carry-on bags. And of course the other thing was there's a number of people that she stood there watching the aircraft burning. So close that actually they had to be moved by the um, fire trucks. I mean that's the last thing I'd be doing is stand there watching. I'd be running and taking gigantic steps in the opposite direction until I get to the terminal I think. Anyway, uh, just thought I'd throw that one in there, that just the stupidity of, of airline passengers. Anyway, blue skies, tailwinds, as they say on APG. Glenn out. Aviation media has long been the domain of the newspapers and magazines. Well, not anymore. I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran, and we're bringing aviation right into your radio. Yes, we're making aviation cool and interesting for everyone. Hang on, aviation's always been cool. Check this out. How cool is this? Crash, crash, turn that down.
Here at Plane Crazy Down Under, we've got pilots, engineers, air traffic controllers, industry leaders, even politicians dropping by to talk to us about the amazing world of aviation right here in Australia and occasionally in New Zealand as well. Wow, that's cooler than I thought, mate. Find us at planecrazydownunder.com, on iTunes, or lurking about on other people's podcasts just like this one. We've got crazy accents and lots of great aviation content. And we promise not to talk about the cricket. No, never. Not the cricket. Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> what is cricket anyhow? Something we win a lot. Oh, there oh. We <laughs> the Plane Talking UK podcast is a voluntary project that aims to keep you informed with the latest aviation-related stories from newswires across the globe. Producing our content does cost money, though. If you enjoy our show, why not help us keep on the air by making a donation towards the server and website hosting fees through PayPal? Any contributions would be greatly appreciated. Are you an Amazon user? If so, why not do your shopping through the link on our website? There's no cost to yourself, and Amazon pays us a small referral fee on qualifying purchases. To find out more about the show and to meet the team, take yourself to our website www.plaintalkinguk.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk on Twitter via at plaintalkinguk or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. Well, I hope you enjoyed that uh, listener feedback. Oh, oh, incoming. Incoming. (laughs) (laughs) I'd forgotten there was a thing on the end. (laughs) Well, no, it's quite we'll nice. shut, we'll shut that up. Sorry, nothing, <laughs> there is there is nothing wrong with hearing a uh, hearing a Rolls Royce RB two eleven noise there. But no, thank you very much. It to cuts out like that. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Oh, all right, blimey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're such perfectionists. Honestly, no. But when the engines stop, you suddenly get worried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, all right. A okay, huge, yeah. uh, huge yeah. thank you to uh, Jenny. And obviously, Glenn, for your yes, awesome feedback. We yes. do really appreciate the voice feedback we do get, which mm. is not enough. We need more. Mm. We need to hear what you, Always you guys more. and yeah, girls yeah. sound like. So send us some more voice feedback. But no, it's great to hear your story, Jen. And obviously, uh, for you, Glenn, as well, sending that over about uh, about the yep. 767 and that. But, Absolutely. Uh, yep. Thank you for that. And it was also nice to hear a, a certain uh, little um, promo there mm. uh, at the end of that uh, feedback. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and there's a very good reason for that, because uh, two, two pieces of good news for you, uh, Mr. McCarran, is that uh, the show is now becoming to an end, which I'm sure you'll be delighted about, bless mm. you, because it's now... <laughs> oh, what? 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 Is it about 4 o'clock in the morning there now? Something silly six, like that. 6 a.m.? Uh, <laughs> I mean, 3.25 it's, a.m. It's, li- it's light now, isn't it? Yes. Uh, but, uh, yes, uh, the reason why we played that is, of course, you have just released, literally in the early hours of our UK time here, a new version or a, a new programme has finally been released. Yes, episode 128 is out, and it's a monster. It's three hours, 15 minutes long. It is, is that just to try and make up for the, one. I don't know how long that you haven't put one out? <laughs> uh, you know, do you want them weekly, or do you want them chunk full of content? I mean, really. Oh, well, excuse <laughs> me, what are you trying to say? <laughs> how rude. Or from us. No, 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 from us, we could get something out weekly, but it'd be five minutes at a time. Well, no, fair <laughs> point. Yeah, no, fair Even point. our production... Yeah. Pr- Processes yeah, and yeah, I bet. I ability bet. to focus and all so, that. No, in, no, it wasn't having a go. <laughs> in case they are buried under a some kind of random uh, pile and or stone, yeah. uh, how, how do they get their their mitts on the on episode one two eight? Oh, the best way is to go to uh, plainecrazydownunder.com and uh, it's right there on the homepage on the left hand side. You've got every episode listed down the side, and the latest one easily ready to start. You've also got a reference to it in the main centre column where we talk about uh, what's new and so on. Um, 
of course, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, mm-hmm. you know, any point your podcatcher at us, we'll, we're, yeah. we're out there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yes, as I say, I'm looking Indeed, forward to listening to this. Right, okay. Should oh. we try that again then, boys? Sorry, I you're, just pressed the wrong button. You're, right, you're right there. Yeah, sorry, I was having a moment. <laughs> could you, could you, please, doing there. Could you <laughs> please, uh, uh, when you uh, speak to him next, uh, Grant, could you please send our regards to uh, Steve? Because yeah, we haven't we'll we haven't had him on the show yet. No, we, we haven't. We, we need, we need right, yeah, we need yeah, to put that right. So could you um, yeah. tell him to uh, you know get get him pull out all the yeah, stops? Absolutely. Yes. Maybe maybe yeah. not if we're doing it at this time of day. Because no, uh, no, no, I think no, Grant, no. to be fair, has I, very much I think, gone above. I think what we'll do when, when, we, when we have Steve on the show, we'll make sure we do it at a time that's that's good for Steve. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh no, no, don't do that. <laughs> no, because poor poor Grant. No, it's not fair. No, we are so horrible. Oh no, we really really appreciate you coming on today, Grant. You're an yeah. absolute star. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. No worries. Um, my sleep pattern's been disrupted for a while now. So <laughs> fine. I'll get some more sleep before going to work on a pseudo-public holiday. Yeah, I'm just, I'm a just cu- wa- couple of people are in the chat room saying that they've just looked on iTunes and they can't find it there yet. But it, I do know from our own experience that it can while. sometimes yeah, take takes a, while. Um, a while for it to appear there. But it is definitely on, on the website, pla- www.plainecrazydownunder.com is where you'll find episode 128 if you can't find it in iTunes. But it is, I promise you, it will appear. It will be there. Just, yeah, just, it's just iTunes being a laggy. <coughs> yeah, anyhow. Yeah, um, it's being a bit slow. Uh, use a decent uh, it's being podcast a survive. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a flaming galah, yes, mate. Yeah. It's already... T- oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a drongo, isn't it? So We've got, we got this drongo being a bit of a galah, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. Uh, I can only apologise. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so in case you missed it, then it is... Uh, take yourselves, please, to www.playingcrazydownunder.com. Uh, if you uh, want to catch up on the very latest from the legend that is Pilot Pip, that is our resident house-drained pilot, then you can take yourself to www.plainsafetypodcast.com. Uh, current episode he's got on there is uh, tomo- uh, uh, tomato episode number 33. It's Tomato versus yeah, I've listened to that It's a video one. diary, yes. uh, which is, a which good is episode, different, absolutely. But, uh, and also, obviously, our own. If you want to find out a little bit about ourselves, we are on www.plaintalkinguk.com. If you'd like to interact with us via Facebook, it is is facebook.com forward splash 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 I keep saying that forward Forward splash splash. (laughs) forward splash forward splash Spain talking UK Uh, and yeah, so let's dive into that wonderful Facebook yeah. content that is, uh, and also our Twitter handle is at Plain Talking UK. If you want to send us some audio feedback, which we very much want uh, yes. to get from you, yes. please, we love hearing uh, from you guys. You can send it to us in any format. I have all manner of converting just about any format. So yeah, uh, record definitely. it on your phone if necessary. If you if you want to make a phone call, you can use uh, the telephone number that's listed on our Facebook page, Skype, um, yeah. our Skype thing, and you can leave a voicemail, uh, and I can lift it from there. Barbara's but just made a good point that would, uh, because we had uh, Grant on today we uh, kind of neglected to do the livery poll this week oh, even though I said we were going to do oh, it this week I'm so sorry, yes. but I knew that That's we'd run fault. along on time so uh, we are going to give everyone one more week to get yeah. to you if yeah. you're listening That's my fault. if you're a new listener to the show or uh, a listener to a show who hasn't put your email into us mm. yet to tell us that your favourite airline livery yep. uh, send your answers in to podcast at uh, plaintalkinguk.com tell us what your favourite airline livery is 
uh, or paint job, or whatever you want to call it. Question. Yeah, indeed. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to compile the ones that have been proved to be popular. Yeah, well so done, far. Barbara. And we're going to do a um, we're going to do a Twitter poll as well, so that everybody can yeah. have a final say. So if if you aren't able to send it in, we'll we'll, we'll compile the top three and do a Twitter poll so that you yeah. can um, okay it. Uh, you can you can then choose your your top three from there. So uh, yes, uh, also audio feedback to the same email address, please. It's podcast at plaintalkinguk.com so that is I, I'm sure Grant is absolutely delighted uh, it is uh, just before we bring the show to a close I, I stumbled uh, I've got, got what I'd like to refer to as an and finally moment uh, and I'm sure many of you have seen this on, on the magic that is uh, YouTube uh, already but uh, this is the Southwest <laughs> flight attendant uh, with an unusual way of bringing his flight to, to an end get this on BA flights. Although, to be fair, uh, uh, I think um, uh, never, never actually said he'd give him a good slap, frankly, if, if, if somebody did that yeah. to him in his flight. I, I think I kind of agree with him. So, uh, yeah, it was just... Uh, but Nelson, Nelson has just said something very, very true in the chat room. Nelson yeah. said that it, uh, Southwest creates a very laid-back atmosphere. Right. No, that's good. Well, yeah, well, that, that's true. You that's know, if you're true. if you're if you're scared of flying, then uh, yeah, yeah, what, what no, definitely that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, uh, uh, as I say, it is time to bring episode number one hundred and thirty-six to a close. So, for me here, Matt, it is goodbye, Grant. 
Bye, everyone. <laughs> and we'll pass that over next to the legend that is Carlos. Yes, uh, a massive thanks to everyone in the chat room who's joined us this week. And uh, take care. Have a great uh, what's left of the weekend. Indeed. And uh, speak to you all again next Friday. Yeah, we'll next be Friday back we're go, in yeah, the kitchen yeah, studio. Absolutely. We'll be back in the kitchen studio then. I've had my two weeks off of having yes. to travel. And uh, we're back to the kitchen studio <laughs> as of next Woo-hoo. week. So from all of us here, uh, it take is... Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.